and welcome to episode 320 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where a small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, creator of Murder Road, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And he's a lovely man, a sexy yeah. man, a beautiful man, and... Oh, hang on, that's someone different. Uh, we've uh, also, we're also joined by Tony Esmond. Hey, sexy and lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking, of course I mean everything. That I just said when I'm talking about Tony there. Uh, he knows where the bodies are buried. That's why I have to be nice to him. Um, but welcome to this week's show. Um, we've got a fun little guest coming up talking about a side of comics that really more people need to know about. And that's restoring comics and some beautiful books. We were, we've got a chat with Alan Harvey coming up. Was, very good, very exciting. Yep, mm. yep. Get into the nuts and bolts of it all, don't we? Yeah. If if you like, whether it be like restoring old comics or heritage comics or just the just the nuts and bolts that goes into something like this, if if you're someone who w- works in the technical side, there's something for all of you there, and and, and it's brilliant. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yes, but before that, you. You just gave us for a couple of minutes, and then after that, you gave us rambling. Although we've got some great recommends this week, some lovely recommends. Some yeah, lovely mm. recommends. What are we talking Saucy about? We have, ones. we have nice recommends every week, don't we? Mostly. My recommend last week wasn't too nice. Oh, oh well. To well, be fair, you were more than nice to make up for it, Dan. <laughs> yes, thank you. Hmm. You know what else is nice? Try balance the scales. Me, yeah. me, I'm nice. Comic house. <laughs> oh, oh, Dan, don't get me started. If you're going to go musical, baby, we're going to make that a thing. <laughs> moonpuke.com <laughs> yes Gareth we're <laughs> going to make that a thing um, <laughs> and the thing that everyone should know about is Comic House our lovely sponsor they are an indie comic marketplace with a difference and that's that they love indie comics as much as you lovely people as much as us and if you go to comichouse.com you can see there's loads of titles on their database loads of people are posting their stuff on there and you can list your book on there and start selling straight away. They have a brilliant app, a digital app that more and more people are getting involved in and finding out about. And it's basically like Netflix for comics. Subscription service, only £3 a month, and you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics, such as Dan. Uh, there's a whole slew of titles on there, including... I thought, uh, jump on, I thought you were going to jump on board that. Normally, you've been, you've been on it, man. But you... On it like a card bonnet. Sorry, I got distracted <laughs> by a Mike Barron comic. Uh, oh, yeah, more about that in the shouts. Oh, uh, we've got Hauntings, a collection of nine lessons and hauntings by Lisa, April, Amelia. Brilliant. Book. Uh, we've got the the Taybridge disaster. Oh uh, yeah, it's just gone up, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Moon puke. <laughs> I I'll try that again. Moon puke. By... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the mune. Gareth, can you can you can you do a second one? Puke. Let's call that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by our friend Gareth and we've got The Spirit of Enki issue 2 Sketchbook 2 from our friend JWC which was uh, on the t- her drawings from the awesome comics drinker draw which there's a one coming up this Friday Friday 20th yes yes, yeah. yes. 20th more, be there be square etc uh, more, more details about that in a bit um, but yes if you want to check out all of that brilliant stuff and more because more people are just adding, adding their comics to Comic House all the time it's brilliant um, go to comichouse.com dot com today and there's a 14 day free trial and you can dive headfirst into all of this stuff that we talk about every week so there you go there you high five everyone high five everyone we made it through I was, what? To, I was trying to do some foley of like high fives did that work uh somewhat sorry foley what's that that's like recording it's... sound effects for like ah uh, okay films is it 
Yeah. Oh, mate, I'll record it, some later. If, if oh, no. <laughs> God, for what Das Boot? God. <laughs> oh, was that one of <laughs> Das Boot? Yeah. <laughs> Underwater. Exactly. Um, before we give lots of people nightmares, I think. We should... <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> Oh, God. I just want to say so much. I'm not going to say it now. Early know, in the show, know, it's too early in the I know, show. I, it's too early in the show. Yeah, um, but we've yes. got a polite guest on. Yeah, yeah. Alan was lovely. Yeah. He, he he put yeah. up with us, and any any guest who had to put up with us. Um, yeah, all, all three hundred of them. There must have been three hundred. Oh, well, at least we did some with multiple guests. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Dan, you sounded proud of that. Then you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, Damn right. Damn what are you doing? Right. You've gone, all, you've gone out of the door and come back in. You sounded like you walked away then. Uh, sorry, I had to uh, not euphemism. Close the lid on the toolbox. Ah, I get you. My word, my word. <laughs> and why, why he's doing that? While he's doing that, <laughs> you can lis- listen to this fantastic interview right now with that Alan Harvey. And uh, yeah, you'll be adding some more stuff to your wish list. Yeah, get a pen and paper ready. Yeah, here you go. Right this week. We are very pleased to be joined by an artist, graphic designer and writer who's not only worked in many facets of comics, but recently he's been working on restoring vintage comics for a whole new generation. Um, We've seen a good bit of his work online and and we love it and we've been looking forward to talking about this for a while. And in Um, books. Yes. Mm. And welcome to the show, Alan Harvey. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello, man. Good to have you on. Um, Good to have you on, mate. Yes, I mean, some people like may have seen um, examples of of your work sort of flying around. And Tony, um, you meant you've mentioned one of the books. Yeah, yeah, I reviewed the Atlas at War book. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, that was a great Sunday of my life reading through that. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, thanks for that, man. By the way, you sent that through. Very good. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, if only some more people actually saw it, that would be that would be good. <laughs> I'm an that, easy mark, my friend. Do you hear I'm that, listeners? Mark. The gauntlet has been yeah. thrown down immediately. Yeah, get on it. So there you go. Yeah. Put that on your wish list. Um, but before we get started into the sort of restoring comics and coloring and all this fascinating stuff, trust us, listeners, we're going to get in deep into the weeds of some fascinating stuff this week. Um, as for you, what's your origin story with comics in this medium? My origin story. Um, well, Rocker did it from birth to from a dying planet. <laughs> <laughs> was it like Stevenage or somewhere? Is that, is, yeah. yeah, that was well, more or less. <laughs> South, South, South Wales. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, but, um, uh, I was always um, fascinated by comics as far back as I can remember, really. Hmm. And... Um, uh, I sort of didn't, when I was very, very young. I was I used to draw my own comics and so forth. You'll put little A4 sheets of paper together and make them into little books and so, and um, mm. all those kind of things. Teaming up various Marvel characters and all the different uh, things like that. Were you an early Marvel UK kind of dark guy? Were you yeah, or Mar- even Oddams Mar- or something like that? Or yeah, Mar- yeah, Marvel UK. We used to get used to get a lot of Marvel UK. I remember you know, DC Thompson and. Um, yeah, IPC stuff, you know, the Beezer and the Topper, Lion, Valiant, all that, yeah. all that, all that kind of stuff. And, and Lion's really, not talked about enough, you know. It was such a good comic, wasn't it? I, I, I love Lion. I'm glad to see that uh, Rebellion are reprinting such a lot of stuff now. From, yeah, from and Lion. Barry's so active, isn't he? He's such a yeah. lovely dude. Yeah. We had him on the show, what, four years ago, guys, didn't we, I suppose? Yeah. And yeah. what a fucking dude he was. So yeah. good. Yeah. A, yeah, really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... 
so I was doing, I was, you know, thoroughly enjoying reading comics and, and doing my own. Hmm. And I remember one in one day in the first year of junior school, so I was about what seven or eight, I suppose. Um, there was a bit of a commotion going on in the playground, and I realised it wasn't a fight, so I did so. You know, I thought I'd go over to have a look, see what was going on. Yeah. And um, there was a couple of lads there that were that were drawing. And it wasn't just that they were drawing; they were copying pictures out of uh, you know, comics. All right. And the stuff that they were drawing looked to my eyes exactly the same as what was in the comics. And this was like you know peeling away layers of you know to me, um, because yeah. it had never occurred to me before to actually sit down and copy stuff. I'd always just made my own things up. Yeah. Um, and so I rushed home that night, and I. I Pulled out um, Spider-Man Comics Weekly that week's one, whichever one it was, with a yeah, you know, it had that a reprint of the cover of Spider-Man 101, the Gil Kane one with Morbius, oh, okay. Morbius kicking Spider-Man off the roof. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I sat down and, cop- and copied that, and that was kind of where I started doing my, you know, kind of really trying to start taking it seriously after that, and you know, trying to trying to. You know, it was like that was it was that moment that I kind of sort of realised that people actually make comics. You and, know, yeah, was, and I think there's a direct correlation, isn't it? I think there's so many people. Obviously, we talk about oh, I make my own comics, or I I do this, or I do that. I mean, how many of us started by just copying panels from yeah, from the, your favourite comic, and yeah. you know, and sometimes copying them and then turning them into your, you know changing a line here or there. Here's my original character. They look like Wolverine. Well, no, well, they're some not people Wolverine. still do that. <laughs> well, people, yeah. still, people yeah. still do that. They only get made a career that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, so I was, I was doing that, and then for the next few years, I was just doing my own stuff. I was, you know, uh, I was kind of applying, you know, I was, I was copying stuff and also applying what I was learning through to, to my own stuff, and I was making my own little comic strips, and mm. so. Um, I then, uh, when it came to doing my options, I took O level art, and I ended up sadly with a, an art teacher that hated art, so that didn't, oh. <laughs> didn't, didn't do me too many favours. Mm. Um, so a lot of a lot of kind of the art the art side my my my, my kind of love of drawing sort of kind of sort of died on the vine really at that point because I I um, oh, such a shame. she she kind of kind of yeah. beaten it out of me really yeah, yeah especially with like shame. comic art and stuff as well I think um, yeah when when you sort of bring stuff in and the teacher says well what have you drawn this for and I said well because because well, I like drawing yeah. so I look at complete confusion on the face and you sort of think well. Yeah. It was like that with uh, reading as well, wasn't it? Comics weren't considered proper education for reading. Either yeah. Only really the last few years, it's you know they sort of we've turned that corner, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, for me, and so I say the, the the sort of love of drawing for the sake of drawing kind of died died around that point. And uh, it, since since then, it's it, when I draw, it's 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 for something. I have to do. I you know I, I can't just sit down and draw just for the love of drawing. It's just yeah. it's now it has to be for something. Um, but a couple of years later, but I was by that time sort of in, you know, wandering about London doing the uh, the various London comic shops and you know all the the the, 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 the Saturday comic shop crawl that we used yeah. to do. Back yeah. then, going across going across town into the West End doing Finn Planet and Gosh and uh, comic showcase, comic showcase. Yeah, and, yeah. It was like a there was like I used to call it like the Golden Triangle of comic shops. Yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to go I used to go into I used to have a Burger King every Saturday for like for about four or five years, and that was during the the BSE crisis. So if anyone's going to get that, <laughs> it'd be me. <laughs> I know the one you mean. That's the one you talking about. The one at the top of Tottenham Court Road there. Yeah, the one on the corner. Yeah, every Saturday about one o'clock, me and my friend could be found in there. I say this. 
Christmas for, for yeah, every Saturday for about five years around yeah. that around that 1990. Yeah. So when so when John Selwyn Gamble was given his child uh, the burger to, to, to prove that there wasn't uh, mad cow <laughs> disease, you know, that, you know, we we were testing this on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. We, we, we we're probably yet to see. How, how we get on? Yeah, I think it was proved on me. To be fair, anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, those holes opened up fairly quickly. Um, so, uh, my my regular comic shop then was um, was in Tottenham, and that was the Eternal Comics. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was that was where I could be found most of the time. You know, every week we'd start our crawl at uh, Eternal Comics. That was where my regular my regular um, standing order was. Hmm. Right. So, um, heady times, my friend. Heady times, late yeah, they were good that times, weren't they? That was, yeah. the time, that, was that, that, that was the time to be into comics, really. When, it, when, they, when they first suddenly started taking them seriously, what a revelation that was! Yeah, before the cool crowd got into it, yeah. you know, what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, with in Eternal, then I met, met a bunch of people, and then we decided to start doing our own magazine. All right. And uh, me and a friend, uh, you know, one, one of these crowd, we started pub- sort of self-publishing this uh, magazine uh, based around cyberpunk. Oh, nice one. Uh, what was that called, man? Uh, it was called a hardcore. Okay. So I, right. I don't, su- I don't suggest you go looking for it because if you put hardcore into a search engine, I, just, uh, <laughs> I do that a lot anyway. To be I, fair, I, I can't, yeah. I kind of doubt my stuff is going to pop up. So, you, know, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, so I, mean, I, I was, I was doing a comic strip for that, and uh, I was doing production pieces and some of the cover the design and all that kind of bits and pieces you know my friend was the um, editor and we sort of co-published it and um, we put it into forbidden planet and we did a few other places around town it went into and i think there was a subscription on it as well and you know it was, it was, it was kind of doing all right I and mean, we want to go and say okay. it's not not setting the world on fire obviously but i know for for, for a little fanzine sort of type thing that's good i might have a copy i used to buy a lot of fanzines back then it was yeah it was doing okay um and then so we did that for four or five years now i got a bit tired of doing that and so i sort of drifted off um well, i think that sort of died on the vine then and i, I then i went into uh uh, Legion of Superheroes Amateur Press Association. Okay. So, so I did that for many years, and I was a central mailer for quite a long time. There was like a, a Legion of Superheroes fan club based in, I'm going to say Sydenham or Forest Hill at one point in the 90s. Uh, yeah, that was that was probably me. Oh, right. I think oh, okay. we probably corresponded then. Yeah. I, used to live up, I used to live up the road from there. Okay. Yeah. Well, one, one, one of the guys used to live around Sydney anyway. And there's, uh, yeah. c- certainly, if, if, if that if that is familiar to you as a Legion hotspot, we, we were probably moving in the same sort of circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, great. Legion was good then as well. Yeah. Well, was, so. that, that, that was the time to be a Legion fan as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, anyway, that's all the long winded stuff. And then, um, sort of my, my, my preamble. <laughs> Um, round about then, 1998, they did the they did the last UCAC convention, which was in Manchester. Yeah, I didn't go uh, to that one actually. I went to them all. I think pretty much apart from that one. Yeah. Dan, you and I were both at some UCACs, weren't we together at the yeah, same time? Yeah, I, I didn't I know each other. I went to two or three. Yeah, I was thinking about my uh, one of my mates' dads. So yeah, I wasn't kind of like the freewheeling, high flying <laughs> Danny Butcher. We all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, they were great. UCAC was fantastic. Amazing, weren't it they? Really yeah. was. The, the, the glory days was just, just fantastic. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't know who these people were until you were sort of sat in the no, audience. No, well, then suddenly, suddenly you're sitting there in the, in the audience watching you know, John Buscema and Joe Kubert and yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Murphy Anderson and uh, Mobius and all these great people. Dave Sim, stage. I remember being at one. and Yeah. Oh, uh, Frank was, Miller. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we got to, did the last one at Manchester. We ended up in Manchester, and with, by this time I was quite close in with various people that were running it, and you know, so forth. And um, was that still Plowright and Hassan? Hassan, Hassan, yeah, Frank was still doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, but the, the, one of the guests of honour that year was um, Colleen Doran. Oh, cool. I, yeah. I, I, oh, excellent. I'd been a fan of Colleen's for quite a while, and so I sort of met her and sort of started struck up a conversation, uh, you know, correspondence and friendship with her. Um, and that carried on for several years, and after a while, um, she had she needed to reprint um, the first couple of volumes of the Distant Soil trade paperbacks. Yeah. Um, but she discovered that the printer had uh, discarded all the materials for the production side of it, all the, all the oh, negatives. Yeah. yeah, I saw that on your website. They just got rid of them. Who was the publisher for it at the time? Uh, image. Uh, no, what? was it Image? Uh, I think it was it Image that did the original one. I think it was Image that did the original one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, obviously, they 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 um, Image is essentially kind of like um, self-publishing to to all intents and purposes. I mean, you yeah. you pay for it, you pay for it yourself, and so you know they they you just benefit from um, paper deals and yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it depends on their deal, doesn't it? I think because a lot of them will give you options around. Yeah. Do you want a hardback of this? You know this sort of thing. That, they'll, they'll, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's closer to self-publishing than working for Marvel or DC. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. Completely. yeah. yeah. You, you, you don't get paid up front. I mean, you know, a lot. A lot you, you bear a lot of the cost, and you get paid on the back end. Yeah. Um, so anyway, whatever printer were being used, or whatever whatever archivists were being used, whatever the situation was, anyway, the they, they it, it had gone bankrupt and closed down, and all the stuff had been chucked away. All the, all the materials for um you know for, used on the production of the original printings where it had all been discarded so colleen was in a was in a bit of a bind because mm. um, most of the art by then had been sold or the original art has been sold mm. and so the only way to do any reprint would be to go back to the printed comics and uh, you know reuse those essentially scan those right. and print but because colleen had used such a lot of tone sheets on her work um the little dots you know the yeah. little dots that they used to 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 um have gray areas and shading and so forth yeah. um if you just scan those and reprint you get a lot of what's called moiré patterns so you get lots of little weird uh, sort of checkerboard effects it doesn't it doesn't, oh, right. it doesn't print clean yeah um so she, knowing that I had a photographic background, because I mean, for for twenty years I worked in the photographic industry, okay. on on the technical side. Mm. Um, so she asked me, you know, would it would it be possible to sort of um, scan the comics and erase the um, original uh, tone sheets? And I I sort of said yes. 
having having said yes, then I went away and found out if I could do it or not. <laughs> the, the eternal <laughs> comic story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's, it's the old way. They never say no to anything. Just say yeah, yeah, and then yeah. find a way of doing it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't say of course I can. Just say oh yeah, definitely. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I so I did that and I worked out a, a sort of a little workflow of how I could do it. And I did a, did a, I think I did a few samples and showed them to her and sort of did high res scans and sort of cleaned off the. Um, the tones and so forth so you, so you get back to just the line work and then I could then replace the orig- those those tones with new digital tones which can then be reprinted cleanly right wow. um, so wow. she was you know very happy with that and so we we we, we agreed to um, move forward on on doing that job so I did the first two volumes of a distant soil what was the what was the turnaround time on an average page of, of replace did, deleting oh, the old tones oh, and replacing oh, oh, this, this is a legally binding answer, by the way. Just <laughs> well, it, 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 it varies depending on the page, how, how, yeah. much, how much tones you've got, and so forth. I mean, there, there was there was some pages when it took ten minutes, and there was there were a few pages where it took about ten days. I mean, it was crazy. Wow, wow. Some pages, yeah. Um, so, but I mean, that was that was kind of my origin doing those two books, and having done those two books, and I started to look around and see if there was anything else that, that, that you know that I could do. There must be so many different things that you learned over the process of those two. Oh, it was it was, it was very much a learning curve doing those. Yeah, mm. I mean, you had what was it about uh, four, three, three or four hundred pages, I suppose. Wow. And and they uh, were am I saying they were black and white? They were black. They were black and yeah. white. Yeah, they were black and white. But I mean, Colleen had still had um, uh, about half of the pages. She still had the artwork to, or had access to, to it. You know, right. from, from fans that that would send scans in. So, um, but the other half, I you know, I, I had to do. I had to scan from. I did, I couldn't really scan from the comics because a lot of changes had been made to those pages for the graphic novels. So I mean, she'd added extra tone sheets and. Right. Okay. So, I, so I had to tear up a couple of copies of the trade paperbacks, and sort of you know, rip the sheets out and scan them, and um, and then you know digitally remove the the tones and then put mm. the new tones wow. in. And, oh man, you're doing the Lord's work there, Christ Almighty! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was yeah. it was a bit it was a bit of a pain, but I mean it it, it turned out pretty well. I think Colleen was very happy with it, and um, so I, mean, I, I I was more than happy to, to to do the job at the end, having having long been a fan of her work and of a distance soil, and and was determined to, to do this as a, as a, as another step in the hopeful day will come when she'll finish it. Yeah, yeah. In, you know, um, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, I know. Um, she's. Uh, I was looking through her Twitter the other day, and you, you're featured in the background. You were sort of wandering around in I that. Oh, was, that, that was yeah. That, yeah, that was a couple of years ago, and we we went to um, the Tate Tate Britain. We were at. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That did make me laugh. Yeah, that that's cool. I mean, she's, she's, she must be great to work with. I'm, oh, I'm she's guessing. great. She's, yeah. she's great. She's great fun. Yeah. If, if you ever have a chance to meet her, I'd, I'd recommend that. She, she really is really good fun. Yeah. She's done loads through the years, isn't she? She's uh, yeah, she, real, game and everyone. Real, 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 real. She's also a real advocate for um, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. A lot of legal work and so forth goes on. This okay. doesn't really get credit for. And obviously, of course, she was one of the pioneers of uh, the women in comics as well. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, there were, there, I mean, famously, you had Ramona Fradden and um, Marie Severin were like the two that everybody knows. I mean, there were, and there were several others like yeah, they're uh, like Joe uh, Duffy, but nobody immediately yeah, guesses I mean, that one because he's called yeah, Joe. Do you on, know what I mean? It's on, like... so on the on the writing side, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 but I mean, I, 
Linus Ween's another one. I think uh, Len Ween's yeah, wife did yeah, quite Glenn, a lot of colouring, didn't she? Was the colourist? You had Liz Beirub and you had Dorothy Woolfolk was doing some from uh, editing. But then there were a lot of women that did work back in the forties and fifties, completely uncredited, that are just you know, completely yeah. unheralded now. Mm. Well, you know, we were talking about it the other day. Is um, a lot of the the Marvel UK editors who were women used male names in the pages oh, of the comics because they didn't want they didn't want the readers to think that a woman was running their comic. Yeah, yeah. really, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of examples of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's long before Neil Tennant took over and all that sort of thing. But yeah, <laughs> early days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what happened to Neil? I know. Yeah. What became of him in the end? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one so, of almost one of the people who created um, Captain Britain, Neil Tennant, and then he went on to supposedly the idea is that he'd he'd, he'd suggested that to, to Marvel US that they might like might to try might like to try a, a new sort of UK generated comic. And he wanted some war comics, didn't and he, he? wanted to he do said they were war, popular. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to do a war comic because like you know Commando and uh, the stuff that. Uh, DC Thompson. Victor and, you know, Warlord and Victor. Because Warlord had been huge and then IPC had responded with um, Battle. Yeah. And uh, they, they'd done very well. So, so Neil, it was apparently Neil that suggested they do they do an original war comic, but Marvel UK, uh, Marvel US decided they'd, they'd rather do superheroes instead. So we got um, okay, finally we, we got so Captain we had, Britain. So we had those yeah. two Brits, Chris Claremont and Herb Trimpey. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking about this the other day. You heard it, Alan. I know, but uh, Chris Claremont's got the worst British accent. <laughs> He's got like the British accent that so very in America thinks he was born over here he was uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah and tr- i think trimpy was holidaying here for a year or something i think at the time trimpy is a genius oh, yeah, he used absolutely. to like fly people about in his plane and pretend yeah, to death yeah, yeah, dive yeah. them that, and all this yeah, sort of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> genius. i did i um, towards the end of his life i did have a little correspondence with her and he was, he oh, was nice. quite, quite a nice chap um yeah. And it's a bit very unexpected when he went as well, because I mean he'd been yeah. sort of signing at a convention the day before, and that was it. He was that's right. Yeah, yeah. Did he do the London Super Comic Con or something like that? I think he came over for it. I, th- I think I think he had been over here. Yeah. 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 Sorry, completely off subject there, guys. Sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah, I knew this no When well, you start talking, you get comic fans together. Just start going. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. show exists. The amazing, ta- the amazing tangent man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, back to a distant soil. I finished. Sorry, I finished. Yeah. I finished the, the, the distant soil, and then while we were waiting to get the third book off the ground, um, which is still still on my plate to do that. Yeah. Um, so I started looking around for other things to do, and I, I, I hit my fiftieth birthday. And I thought, I thought, you know what? Yeah. I I really want to try this. I thought, if I if I don't have a go at doing this properly, full time working in comics, then I, it's it's now or never. Yeah. And um, there was a, a voluntary redundancy was in the offing at work. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try for that, and uh, I had to stick it out for a year. In order to get it, but I did get it in the end. I did, I did get the voluntary redundancy, so that set me up quite nicely. And I thought, I thought, yeah, this, 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 this will, this will do me. And uh, so I've been doing that this, this full time now for the last four years. Now, uh, let me ask you about this because I'm slightly worried that I'm being monitored by the U.S. state. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is um, you, you um, sent me? I've been sent a couple of emails about this, but I think it maybe comes from you because um, Dead Reckoning, who are the people who produced Atlas at War, which is yeah. what you did. They're yeah. owned by the U.S. Naval Institute. The U.S. Naval Institute, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> They're probably listening now. Okay. It, it, could be, yeah, it could be. Well, it, it, you, you, <laughs> if if you get emails from them, that's more than I do because I don't get any emails from them. So. <laughs> oh, they just get them. Can you can, can just, you review your book? It, it, you know, so, yeah. obviously, obviously by, by your reputation, they know you, Tony. Oh God! <laughs> well, well, <laughs> lot, you can say that about a lot <laughs> of people knowing <laughs> my reputation. Before. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but w- when you decide to um, move into comic for like full on, was it? Um, to focus on the sort of work that you've been working with Colleen or yeah I thought I thought that, that, that was a little niche I thought I, I see a little niche there's not many people that do this kind of work and I yeah. thought well let's let's because I, I, I know I'm, I, I, I can draw I mean I'm not the world's greatest artist I'm probably never going to be good enough to really be published by Marvel and DC so okay. but if you, but if you can make yourself I'm, like I'm, a master I'm, I'm of a certain type t- you know well, exactly. you can be like, like that's yeah. the person if, if you, you need can, to if you can be a big to. fish in a small pond yeah. And, you know, yeah. So that that was kind of my yeah. aim. I think the thing is as well, Al, at the moment is is we are really moving to high level, good co- good quality, uh, for work, for one of a better word, coffee table books of reprints. It's a, such a big industry now, isn't it? It's, it's, mm. it's a, we're in a real golden age at the moment of, re, of uh, yeah. reprints. Yeah. Mm. Everything from omnibuses to artist editions yeah. to the books you've done. You know, there's loads of stuff out there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. There is. Yeah. yeah. Why do you um, think that is, mate? At the moment, have you have you ever sort of thought about that at all, or? Uh, I'm not entirely sure why it's suddenly come to pass. I suppose uh, with um, a lot of the, I suppose a lot of it's to do with cost, isn't it? The cost of producing new stuff is probably getting prohibited now versus the uh, the sales. The sales are falling. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people with a lot of nostalgia for old books. Uh, while they were yeah, like, you know, yeah. I suppose that they're. We're, we're probably people are probably reaching an age now whereby if if they don't reprint the stuff now, um, there's never going to be a market for it. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's that, there's that element yeah. of like you know when you reach a certain age, you you look back at the the sort of the the halcyon times of like oh I remember when I read this. I mean certainly I have yeah. the, you know I've got collections of Excalibur and stuff because I was like I loved that when I was a kid, and um, you know there's lots of that. And like you say. Um, there's all of this stock. They have libraries and libraries of this work that has already been done, already been paid. You know that the artists already been paid for. Everyone's been moved on. It's like been in a, been in drawers for like forty years. Um, so they can just take this, give it a polish, print it up, and it's cheaper than it's um, cheaper than doing new than, stuff. Than paying an artist yeah. and a writer and a coloring team to do page after page after page after page. Um, because it's all there, isn't it? They just have to. The problem becomes they have this product and it looks beautiful. We love the dirty paper comics here, don't we? We love the the, yeah. the, the smell of the paper from the yeah. comic mart. My postman hates them, but yeah, yeah I love yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But when you but when you when you have to do when you have to clean up things for reprint, especially for a new audience, it's a completely different thing, isn't it? You need to, you know, look at how what what's readable and what's not, and um, and the colours as well can be a real contentious issue with a lot of yeah i mean that's the thing you had to move into was the the color aspect and there's a lot of people who kick off we were talking about this weren't we a minute ago there's a lot of people who kick off about oh these are not the proper colors you know we get that a lot don't we you know yeah but what we see from your work alan is yours is i mean we're not gonna blow smoke up your backside (laughs) but it really is like very respectful and truthful to the original product um, yeah, well, because the way Marvel and DC do it, um, the kind of the workflow that they've seemed to have arrived at over the last sort of twenty years or so is that they they do uh, they do the recoloring, they recolor it, they, they, yeah. they sort of engage colorists to do recoloring on it. 
and whether they do uh, that with flat color or if they do some occasionally they do the, the, the real digital contoured color, which I don't think works at all with mm. old fashioned comics. But and what do you mean by that, man? Just so for people don't know. Uh, when you do a lot of the highlighting and rim lighting and so forth, and you you give some real, um, try to give a sort of three dimensional effect. A lot of the, the yeah. a lot of the modern, the real, the new comics that come out, you know, they use real digital coloring. They do all those yeah. uh, beautiful um, yeah. color effects, and it, it looks as if almost as if you're looking at a photograph sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you don't need to put any shadows on your inks because no, the because will come it, in and be, yeah, well, yeah. The, old old comic art, all the color. Um, all the um, lighting, rather, all the, all the lighting solutions were, were taken care of in the in the ink stage. Yeah, yeah. And they just did flat color, um, and all all the lighting was was indicated by the inks. But I mean, now a lot of pencilers and um, inkers just do line work, really, and a lot of the the real heavy lifting of lighting is done by the coloring. Yeah. Um, so if you use if you use that kind of coloring on the old style comic art which has already had the light um, indicated by the inks it, it creates a very strange effect to, to my eyes yeah i don't think it really works very well it's kind of putting a new gloss over something we're used to as yeah. an old style it, if you see because if you see some of the covers sometimes they, 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 they there was a range of um reprint books i think marvel masterworks or something similar that yeah. marvel did about 10 or 15 years ago where they they did the jack kirby covers and they did a lot of that contoured coloring yeah. on those and it just looks really odd yeah it does look odd doesn't it yeah it, I just, agree doesn't, it just doesn't really fit kirby's style at all because and even kirby, that busima page you sent us with the different versions of coloring yeah, on it, I, were, it, yeah. Because they, they, these these weren't they were they were cartoonists they weren't yeah. they weren't kind of realist real photo realistic animators yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I remember I had I had this experience um, when I bought when was it I think it was Thor issue five hundred it was a Straczynski and Koipel issue so you had that that was the the most of the issue so you had that you know with all those yeah. glorious Marvel covers yeah. and whatever and because it was a five hundred it was a centenary issue essentially they were they put a jacket one of the early strips Jack Kirby strip in the back of it um and it was a printed copy that i that i got but that difference of this real harsh color just made it it made his this classic artwork look cheap and not work it just, it just didn't work <laughs> oh, at man. all it was so much so you know there's there's the, to go from that flavor of something like a mo- such a modern take as an oliver coipel page and then to go to a poorly um i'm going to say it poorly colored yeah, Jack Kirby. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it just looked it just looked a bit cheap and basic. And uh, you know, since then, I've since become, you know my my love for the Kirby work and the old work has just grown even more, which makes that that experience hurt a little bit more as well. Because I think sometimes, <laughs> uh, and I've had this um, another experience was um, during one of the great. Um, digital sales where you know the the ACP were like Marvel are having a crazy digital sale get on it now before they realise what they're doing uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we yeah. go on and we buy loads of omnibuses or and I got yeah. like the Tomb of Dracula and the Werewolf by Night one and a lot of these I'm reading them and thoroughly enjoying them because of the story but digitally the colours just are not working that's yeah. the problem with the backlit digital read now, isn't it? Yeah. It, just, it must change the colours. They're too bright now. They're yeah. too bright. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is that something you factor in? Do you, do, it, do people ever do two versions of the color? One for the iPad and uh, not as not as far as I know. When I, right. I I'm, I'm not privy to the way Marvel and DC work. I don't. I couldn't really tell you what, what, yeah. what they do. But as far as I know, I, 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 I you know what they're like. Yeah. I, I, I would assume they just use the same file. It's just the same file that's used for print and for digital. I would imagine. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, it might be something that should be considered maybe in the future. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was in, in response to on a, on a, a post that I did on Facebook one time. Somebody was saying that they didn't like they they thought that because I'd shown a file, my, like the files that I use on on my computer. Obviously, I have a white background because I mean. Um, it, my hope is that the stuff gets printed on off-white paper. So, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what you're seeing is white on the on the computer screen. It isn't actually white. It's just no color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that will be whatever the color of the paper is. Hmm. Um, so I explained that you know when, when, what what you're seeing is white isn't actually white. That's if if we print on off-white creams creamish paper, it'll come out as off-white cream. I mean, that's yeah. that's that was that was what the aim of of of, the, of it was. Yeah. Um, but then someone, th- th- this person said, "Well, wouldn't it be good if we could sort of have that sort of effect on digital?" And I sort of thought about it. I thought, "Well, he's probably right, actually." So I did try a version where I sort of yellowed down the, that area a little bit, and okay. and I also knocked back the black as well, to, yeah. as, if, as if that had been absorbed into the monitor. And yeah, it looks it looks it looks quite good. And I sort of thought, yeah, we I suppose you could actually do. Uh, a version for print and a, a separate version yeah. for, for for digital. I've seen some comics sort of take. Um, they go for a real vintage like look as well, which I imagine um, they've taken. We've they, done it, yeah. Yeah, they've yeah, done it sort done of that. black and white, but then they just multiply it over a paper texture. That's right. Yeah, they, they, yeah. yeah they, 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 they'll do that. Or sometimes they'll they'll do it. You know, they'll they'll print uh, the. So what you see is yellow paper is actually a print. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've printed yellow. Yeah, yeah that's what we do it's, on Herc, actually. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another way of doing it. You know, um, so many different ways of doing things, isn't it? But what um, one thing, another thing that fascinates me, and what what I love, <laughs> you do this just for fun as well. And you, if you go to Alan's uh, website, there's a page. Yeah, there's that, a for fun tab, isn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> including a page of um, the spirit, the shadow. Sorry, the shadow that would make a lovely print just on its own. The one you've you've uh, cleaned up would be a lovely. Print. The the, the Ber- Bernie Rison one. Yeah, that was yeah. The, that was that was that was the test page that Bernie right because Bernie wanted to do the 1970s yeah. uh, shadow comic for DC. There's a, there a few he, people who tried out for that, wasn't there? Yeah, Jim Jim Stranko did a page. Alex Toth did a page, and uh, Bernie Wrightson did a page. And yeah. uh, it, uh, Mike Luter got the job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, very, very, think think about job. being able to choose between those artists on a project at the moment. Yeah, it's just genius, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, do you do you um, often see like pages of comics? You just think, oh, I'd love to see that just cleaned up and and tidied up a bit. Do you have a little folder of them that you want? Well, to do if, well to do? If, if I have a copy, I go and scan it and I clean it up. Yes. <laughs> 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 Do you have that sort of designer eye sometimes when you look at something? It's like that's bothering me. That's bothering me. That's bothering me. I've just give it here. I'll, I'll sort it out. I'll just give it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't like to make too many changes on the stuff that I do. I like to try and keep it respectful to the original one. But um... exactly, and I think that's the important thing you're saying there. Respect. I think. I think you have to have a, a, like a healthy respect for the medium and and the comics and the content. Even if you weren't reading these comics, even if you weren't, you know, if you were given the job of, of tidying up, 
like like I don't know a, a comic that you've never read in, in your life. You have to be respectful of it, don't you? And you have to go back and and treat everything properly instead of I don't know. I know for some people it is just a job, but sometimes the results can feel like someone's just doing it because it's their job. Um, whereas the work that you do, Alan, it, it definitely feels like there's a healthy dose of respect going through. There's, there's a healthy dose of respect. And there's a labour of love that goes into a lot of this stuff because I mean, oh, it, yeah. does, it does. It can take quite a long time oh, to do. Yes. And, 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 and as, as days go by, it seems to take longer and longer. longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, was, there was a massive kickoff with the. Uh, remember the Killing Joke that they oh, did. The Killing Joke. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Because that, that, that was recoloured by. Um, but Bolland, wasn't it? Bolland recolored it recently. Yeah. John Higgins did the original one, and Brian Bolland recolored it completely differently. Yeah. Did, uh, the the original was quite lurid in places, and then Bolland did it with more how he thought it should have been done. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think because I think John Higgins did it um, sort of more the way that comics were being done back in the eighties, was a lot of yeah. um, impressionistic colours and. Uh, sort of non non-realist. And I think when yeah. when Bonin, Bonin did it, he did it with a much more um, realistic eye on it and realistic colours. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because, like, if you look at like cinema, if a lot of the time uh, a director's cut, as it were, is, is looked at as the preferred version, whereas in this case, it's not so much. As in, like, well, no, this is not the original. This is not the way it's originally presented, and we don't like it. Well, yeah, but, but I, I guess, really, but when when it comes to the original artist is redoing it, and I, I think it has yeah. more sort of legitimacy to it than somebody coming along thirty years later and making a change just for the sake of making a change. It's less easy for Twitter to kick off as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Especially yeah. when it's your work. Yeah. Exactly. What were you going to say? But then, but then again, perhaps we should ask George Lucas if it's. Yeah, I was going to say easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Ridley Scott. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's got blood in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> well there, there is this idea isn't there that once once an artist has put their work out into the world it sort of becomes it belongs to the, the to the fans and the viewers and it doesn't it no longer belongs to the person that generated the, the, the work in the first place which is a, a, a point of view yeah we yeah. get a lot of things where the creator can't really remember even doing it sometimes can't you but yeah. it's sort of this revered thing in fandom you know That's right. yeah. i think there's yeah. that contention of lucas is in the fact that He's pulled the original Star Wars, like you can't get that anymore unless yeah, it's yeah. like bootlegs, yeah. and you can only get his um, uh, adopted versions, I mean, which yeah. is uh, yeah, <laughs> also, an entirely we... separate subject in itself. Oh yeah, God, God, don't get me started on Lucas. Um, back, to, back to Larry David again. Yeah, I can't yeah. say who yeah. this person has visited me with, but he's the director yeah. of Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is this thing with like comics as well, because like you know the, these golden ages that we talk about, these heritage comics and stuff. For a lot of times, you know, you know they are the prophecy for us. They are the things. They are the the golden child. You know, they're like, oh, we loved them. But yeah, you know, they were also, you know, issue. Oh, I loved issue fifty of of this title. It was amazing. Tell me all about you know how you created it, and they'll just look at you like. Oh really? God! I was having. Yeah, I can't really remember. It was, it was just a, yeah. just another day at the office. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But the classics that have been born of like, right? We we need to get a comic in two weeks. There you go. Do whatever you want. <laughs> well, it's, it's the same sort of argument when they were over you know Lee and Kirby who did what and well they must remember who did what because you know it's Spider Man and you think well for them it wasn't Spider Man it was just another day at the office it was just yeah. we need another character yeah. let's do it you know and uh, nobody then nobody remembers yeah. who did what yeah. 
when they come yeah. to do the two morrows publication about the awesome comics podcast there'll probably be a lot of arguments over who thought of what <laughs> i can barely remember what i said in the last show me uh, neither and exactly. I've, I've been yeah. drunk every week for 320 i put it weeks. out of my mind it's just too too embarrassing to talk about yeah if you look back to a few years ago and you were actually there and can't remember remember what happened how could any and how could yeah. any other his, historian coming along later yeah. And we do really try and examine these things, especially with Lee and Kirby's the prime example, isn't it? You know, mm. and those dudes change their story about four times in relation yeah, to some yeah. things. Because you also, also these, you know, everyone's an individual, and like you know, sometimes like if if there's an argument in your office, there's two different sides to that, and someone yeah. might say, "No, I, I that was my cup of tea." No, that was my cup of tea, and it could go on for like fucking ten minutes. You're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> It's it's all it's all ridiculous, and but over the years, obviously because of the legend, nobody died. No, yeah, exactly. But over over the years, <laughs> these things then become mythical, don't they? They become urban legends. Yeah. They become on, the pe- pe- and then people people want to know what was the truth. What yeah. was the one yeah. true truth? And, and, and the a lot, is, lot of times there really isn't one anymore. Yeah, mm. and if there is some truth of it, sometimes it just hurts so much that why would you want to talk about it? Yeah. I mean, it's famous. The famous one is is Steve Ditko, who was famous for having you know writing back to fans like to unbelievable lengths you know like oh he would write hundreds of letters a week and um he would but he wouldn't reply to anyone who asked him why he left marvel because he said i fucking already said it christ you know yeah i'm not i can't be bothered you know it's almost like that (laughs) well he said he he did an essay when towards the end of his life he was a a big essayist and one of the essays was was on the very subject of like why he why he left spider-man yeah and he said that's why he to bed yeah, it's like yeah. a two-page, like two-page um, sort of article, um, which basically came down to well, the only person that that deserved to know why I left Spider-Man was Stan Lee, and he didn't want to know. Yeah, and, he, he, and I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody else why I left. <laughs> and famously, he couldn't remember anyway. He asked Tom DeFalco why he left, and Tom DeFalco said, "Why are you asking me?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's it's interesting sometimes, isn't it? Like, you know, fans, comic book fans. They obviously everyone feels like they have some sort of ownership over the things that they read, these characters that they read. But sometimes when it comes to these creators, in some ways they feel like they have an ownership over these creators. Like we should know why. It's now it's their business. It doesn't. At the end of the day, it's yeah, like, it's the old story. Yeah. That was it. Pat uh, John Pert. We used to tell. You know, he used to he used to go. He used to appear at Doctor Who conventions. Some fan would you know stand up and ask him a question and say, "When you opened the door on Trebulus Three, what did you think? Was, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I love I I love to hear John like Pert John Pert talk, his impression talk, there. Do you like that? Like that? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, back to um, like color differences and, and changes, though. Um, <coughs> now, you you sent us a, like a Facebook page that um, we were scouring through before we um, started talking tonight. Because um, and I'm going I'm going to absolutely murder the name. This is uh, the page from a colorist perspective. Um, from Jose Jose Villarubia. Ah, and I think yeah. um, there, there's quite a few um, probably of our listeners who follow this this page as well because this is essentially. Um, lots of sort of comparisons and like looking at sort of 
seems to be a lot of vintage comics and then modern versions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's he's look he he's, he looks he looks a lot at um, a lot of the more, the more modern uh, reprints that have been done by Marvel and DC mainly, and compares them to the original comics as they were printed back in the sixties and seventies. Mm, yeah, and um, and he, he then comments on what the changes were and why he thinks the changes were made, if the changes for the better or not. Mm, yeah, that's the and- case. Maybe. And these things are always down to the individual's opinion, and we all have our own opinion. I mean, this page is just... I mean, I haven't been reading necessarily everything that Jose's been writing about everyone, but but looking through this page is a fascinating sort of look at how different things can be completely. Um, one of the ones um, that completely caught me was there, there's... Um, uh, three pan- three sort of side-by-side comparisons of I Saw the End of the World. Um, have you seen this one? Uh, well, of course you've all seen this one. Um, now, it's a Steve Ditko splash page that was for a story in Strange Tales number 73. Um, and the three panels, it's obviously, it's it's got a, there's three, it looks so different on each individual one. It's crazy. Like there's one in the middle. I think the the one on the left, um, go to this page, listeners. Let's make this interactive. It's in the show notes. It's in the show notes. Go, go to the page. The bottom on the left is the original. It seems like there's a reprint that they recolored, and then it seems to be more sort of recent digital type one. And it's insane how different they look. How, the, the, the massive difference in colouring in that middle one is... I just, I just can't fathom why it was changed like that. <laughs> Yeah, there's. I mean, you can have your pick of of these sort of pages. There's some wonderful sort of Conan pages that we're talking. Yeah, about. the Conan ones stand out. Don't I've they? Uh, I've got an X Men one. I'll put it in the chat in uh, our thing, uh, our, the Skype call, and cool. just the the before and after the the new version. Just uh, the, yeah, the first one is so iconic. Yeah, and the second one that they they've kind of like. Coloured in, as it were. Yeah, they've just, they've just they've done it literally, haven't they? Done literally. Yeah, literally. Uh, was it X Men seventy? X Men seventy. Yeah. And the the interesting thing about that, the colour palette that's used on this example, I love having something where there's a visual visual reference and listeners. We're on an audio medium. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the colour palette that's on the original is probably more likely to be the colour palette that will be used in modern comics now. Well, red was the big conspiracy theory. You know this, don't you? Is the basically Marvel st- allegedly somebody at DC? The, the rumor was started that red sold mo- sold Marvel comic covers, and someone at DC heard about this and said, "Right, we need to make all our covers red because apparently that's what sells covers." Really? And uh, yeah, that was a <laughs> and, bit of and, thing at the time. And gorillas. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gorillas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what you've got there is you've actually got the same run of comics because towards because X Men didn't sell. So they reprinted some stuff towards the end and, you know, reused stuff and that sort of thing. So it's actually in the same run of comics, that, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. And this, that this is page, interesting. This, this page is full of fascinating um, sort of examples. And there is um, one that you did for fun, Alan, um, oh. which is um, there is a um, Monster on the Moors, the Swamp Thing um, page. Um, Swamp Thing 4. Yeah, from Swamp Thing 4. I believe on this page, um, you've got the original printed one, and then you've got the... Is it a new... Um, was it for a, a reprint, or was it a digital Yeah, there's a re- the, 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 the one with the bright red aeroplane. Yeah, that's yes. for a, a new reprint. Yes, but you also... Um, you know, because this is a beautiful page, anyway. It's, a, it's an iconic 
um, Swamp Thing sort of um, page, um, and you you took to your own sort of version of it as well, didn't you? I mean, did you do yeah. it before um, this reprint? Was the reprint an incentive for doing it? Uh, well, I, I saw that post. I saw Jose's post, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if I wonder what I could do with that page. And so I got right. my own copy of uh, Swamp Thing Four and scanned it, and then did my own version of it just to see see what I could come up with. Oh, nice. And yours is seems, I don't know, with, with your one, it, it genuinely feels like it's it's it does feel like the original. Do you know I mean how it was meant yeah, to be? Yeah, there's a yeah. bleakness you need to that picture, and having those like really bright colours doesn't work for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes fair sense. enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, so when it comes down to what we started off by saying you know, the um, sort of expressionistic color versus your kind yeah. of realistic color, because they've gone for a more realistic color palette on that on the reprint one. Mm. So you've got you've got your green swamp thing and you know, um, on the bright red airplane. I mean, if, so, I, yeah. if I was going to pick an issue that I had with yeah. with with the with the new version um, that they did is the bright red plane detracts from. Yeah, it definitely. Does. I mean, that that really pulls the eye. And it's yeah. too too it's too near the color of the title as well. It, it, it almost implicates that it's the same. The monster is the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when Plus you the, the, the original comic is also clearly taking place at night in moonlight. So you've got you've got yeah. uh, Swamp yeah, Thing. It's, it's, it's got a, a moon a moonlit rim light on him, on, on, which is lost completely on the on the oh, reprint. Yeah, just oh, it really is, isn't it? it? Yeah, really yeah. Flat, they just colored it in, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just. It's just <laughs> Looking at it is such a shame. Um, I mean, Alan, if you have the time, you should do them all. Yeah. Uh, do, do you do? Comics. Do you actually color? Do you? I mean, do you color as original color at all? Uh, I, I, I can color if someone wants me to do color. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know how. To, I know how to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bear in mind this from this, mate. I can recommend you to a lot of people who need a colorist. You know, because you clearly know what you're doing compared to a lot of other people. Most most of the stuff that, 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 that on the, when I do the restoration, when I just reuse the original color, I just clean it up and stick it back on. I mean, just yeah, okay. it out. Um, but I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I certainly can color. Would you have an original black and white scan of the artwork and then reapply the colors? I, I did. I did do that. Well, I did that for a Conan. I don't know if I don't. Uh, have I got it somewhere? Let's see if I can find it. Um, Is, I mean, I mean, the cleanup job alone, just to get rid of like the vintage paper, is um, it's quite a thing anyway. I mean, to, to see it on, I mean, if you go to Alan's website, just seeing the examples of how you've saved some of these pages. I mean, I say saved; they're probably lovely when you look at your printed copy, you know, because that's, yeah. that's part of the charm of it. But yeah. let, let's face it: when you're looking on a screen, the dirty comic paper doesn't come across, does it? Have you ever thought about replicating the smell as well? That's the thing I think <laughs> we need back. Is the smell of an old Bronze Age comic. That would be you know? a Yankee yeah. candle that Tony would buy. Yeah. He buys every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Good. how do people sort of, um, you know, for instance, like Atlas at War, how did that sort of um, come about? Atlas at War, I was... Uh... Um, congratulations on the nomination, by the way, man. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, yes. Okay. yes. I'd like to... I know we're not meant to say who we voted for. I voted for you, by the oh, way. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> congratulations to Peter Bagg, he said through gritted teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was nice. that was that was lovely to get that... To get that um, 
that nomination that was completely unexpected I and mean, I was really amazed when that came through Brilliant. but it's nice to get that kind of recognition really yeah agreed mm. and especially and, from uh, a company that isn't perhaps part of the usual companies that we see in the Eisners it's not a Fantagraphics or even a Marvel or you know um, it's an unusual company isn't it that to work for uh, yeah, I don't I mean, mean that in a bad way. I mean that you know, I'm being no, honest. But yeah. it's, it's certainly not Marvel DC. No, I'm, I've just uploaded that Conan. Ah, just oh, seen it now, yeah. man. Looks great. Yeah, so that that, that for that for that one, I've got the uh, sort of artist edition of the Conan of Smith's Conan. Um, oh, okay. Nails. Yeah. Uh, so I scanned that splash page, and then I combined it with the color that came off of the Treasury edition of Number Four, mm. Marvel Treasury yeah. edition Number Four. Yeah. That's how I first read it. Yeah, and then because um, because the the page is a different format because they 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 chopped and changed it because the format of Treasury Edition was different to the comic format, so I've had to add some extra bits of color and so forth to fill in the gaps. But I mean, it sort of works okay, I think. That was yeah, good. definitely. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's uh, that, 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 fantastic. That's a story that's been reprinted many times. That's Red Nails. Yeah, yeah. What a story, to, eh? To greater or lesser effect. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah I actually quite like it in black and white as well, you know, weirdly. I suppose that's that's the, the problem with well, us. It started, it started, it started off in black and white, Red mm-hmm. Nails. It, it was originally in black and white. In yeah. Sense, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, that's yeah. a lot. A lot of our eye initially, because we Marvel UK kind of guys, it was, um, we saw everything in black and white for a long time, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's we right. Yeah, I, was, I, think, I think the UK people are more sort of used to, more accepting of black and white than a lot of the US fans, because we grew up with a lot of black and yeah. white. I agree. We, a, lot of, a lot of times you hear companies say, oh, I won't, we, we can't sell black and white. And we think, yeah, well, you sell right. it in the UK, easy. You know, it's like, yeah, well, we, won't, right. we won't blink so it. We, yeah. we, we only used to get the two pages in the centre spread and the covers, that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, sometimes yeah. not even the two pages in the centre spread. Yeah, <laughs> especially on that Captain Britain issue where that some they, they didn't bother to colour it and they just said, oh, true believers, here's a challenge for you. Colour this page yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Just styled it out. I was talking to Eamon about that on the podcast this week. Yeah, just genius. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, with uh, Dead Reckon and Atlas of War, I, mean, I, I, I can't remember exactly. I think it was either a, a message through Facebook or Instagram, I think, maybe. Oh, okay. Wow. Nothing. I think I think Colleen had said something about my work on her site or on Twitter or something, and then the editor um, of Dead, the direct, Dead Reckoning had this project that he wanted to do, but wasn't sure how he was going to go about doing it. Because in the past, they I think they'd done a, a Don Winslow of the Navy collection, which was just purely scans of the comics without any kind of restoration done at all. I think he, he didn't really want to do that. I don't think he really wanted to do recolouring either. And so he wasn't really sure what it was he wanted to do. And then he saw a sample of my stuff. And so he, he, he got in touch with me and uh, oh, nice. said, do, do you think you could do this? And I said, yep. I know for, for people who haven't seen it, we've talked about it on the show a couple of times, but for people who haven't seen it or don't know what it is, did you want to explain what it was, Al? Alice at War? Yeah. Um, it's it was done by Dead Reckoning, who, who as has been explained previously, is, is the graphic novel wing of the um, the United States Naval Institute, and so mainly the graphic no- the gravel the graphic novels that they do are mainly kind of war related. They yeah. did recently do one that was by um, Carlos Cesquera. Is a did they? Oh, wow. Ta- 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 Tankies, I think it's called. 
Oh right, okay. Makes that one up. We talked about one of his last week, actually. One of his last week. They do. They've done stuff with Garth Ennis and you know, yeah. Did the um, the four fisted tails we talked about last week? Yeah, they do. They've done. They've done quite a lot of stuff, but it's all it's all running kind of a war a war theme. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to interest him now because Atlas also did a lot of naval comics in the fifties. So I'm trying to interest him in doing a naval. Yeah, <laughs> to, to so, go with the Naval Institute side of it. So those people who don't know what Atlas is, did you want to explain? Yeah, Atlas is uh, um, Atlas was the name that was generally given to um, the company that later became Marvel Comics. Yeah, um, not to be confused with the later Atlas Atlas Seaboard. No, Atlas Atlas Seaboard because Marvel obviously started started off called Timely Comics. Mm. Yeah. And then the Timely Comics name sort of went into abeyance and uh, Martin Goodman started his own distribution company called Atlas. And so his comics then sort of took on that name of Atlas yeah. Comics, although they weren't officially called Atlas Comics. They, that was just the name they're generally known as. Um, and then when that went to went to pot and uh, you know, Stan Lee started doing, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby started doing their superheroes again in the early 60s, they changed the name to Marvel Comics. Yeah. So Atlas of War is, is sort of is 260 pages of some of the finest um, of the war stories that Atlas put out in the in the night. And the finest artists ever. And some of the great, yeah. great artists. You've got Jack Kirby and they've got Steve Ditko, Russ Heath, Gene Colan. It was a revelation in that book. If you if you know yeah, Gene Colan's I stuff from that. the 60s and 70s, his stuff in there really is a revelation. He was doing a lot of photorealistic work back then. It was very different, wasn't it, from what Just we saw in Tomb of Dracula and Batman yeah, later very, on? Yeah, yeah. Very different. Yeah. Uh, Don Heck's great in it as well. I love Don, Don Heck. Don Heck's gets... really good. Russ yeah. Heath, uh, Alan Bell. Yeah. Um, Sam what does it Quist, feel like yeah. working with all of this sort of artwork? And have you got any favourites? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, well Russ Heath is fantastic. Joe Sinnott's really good because you, you tend to think of Joe Sinnott as being an inker, but I mean, yeah. he was also a really good penciler, and you see some really good pencil work that he did in this in this story as well. Yeah, I've got a commission in, in, just in, above in, my desk, and it's marvellous. Yeah, because I think it was Sinnott that did the um, the. Um, Cuba story, wasn't it? The the revolution in Cuba. What was his name? Ah, uh, right. Yeah, Casper. yeah. Ah, Casper, okay. Castro story, where Sinot's obviously only got like two pictures of Castro, so he just uses <laughs> the same ones over and over again. But, <laughs> but uh, it's it's really good, and it, it, it really was terrific to work on to work on some of these artists. I think Al Williamson is in there as well. It's wow. an ink yeah. job by Al Williamson, Reed Crandall. Right. Um, so yeah, working over these people was just fantastic, like a, a dream come true. And, and what you're doing is is like you know I know you're you're, you're cleaning cleaning these pages up, you're tidying them, but yeah. also, also bearing in mind that these are old books and you've got to make them readable as well. And yeah, so I try and I try and clean up. I sort of look. Obviously, there were a lot of um, printing errors and yeah. uh, so a lot of misregistration of color. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try and fix a lot of that, but I won't fix all of it because I think some of that left on the page is what makes comics comics. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's kind of a, a, a kind of hallmark of those times. Yeah, the, the, the misregistered color. There's, the, there's ab- a perfection to the everything. There, really, you know. Um, yeah, you, you can go to. I mean, you could spend you know weeks and weeks and weeks on a page if you wanted to fix absolutely everything. I mean, you know, but, I mean, it's, it's, it, there comes a point where there's just it, it, there's just no point doing anymore because it's just not going to be seen yeah and even yeah. though these are these are wartime comics there there is there is a charm to that as well the, the charm yeah. of, of the look of it 
Yeah. You know. So you want to make you want to make it legible. You want to make yeah. it you know, readable for for a modern audience. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you if you just purely use a scan of those comics, they're very difficult to look at. There are, there are companies that do just do scans. Yeah. They're, they're, they're tough to read, I think, because they're yeah, not, I've got some of the the recent Ditko stuff that um came uh, out, and yeah, not, that's got a lot of scans like that. The dirt and discoloring and foxing and all yeah. that. Marvel chipping and all that sort of stuff. I mean, what, did you what, ever have to do any? Sorry, mate, go on. Nah, well, I was just saying, what a wonderful example of like you know, the the importance of what you're doing for the book is uh, on your website, um, at the Atlas of War page, the the page muck. Yes. Um, you've got the original. That, 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 was, the la- that your... was the last. That was the last story I did. I kept putting it off because I thought that's going to be a nightmare. To <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Mm. And, unfortunately, but... the, tr- the trouble with putting things off is you get to the end and realize you've only got a day left to, before deadline, and you've still got to do this story. It's also a good example of how um, you know. I'm guessing is that the very original scan on the left hand side. Yes, that, 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 that was that was the scan that was supplied to because I didn't scan the book myself. That was mm. scanned by Mike, so Michael Vassilov did the scanning. That that is that is what was supplied to him, folks. And then on the right is the magic that happens. And also, it's a great example of seeing, like you say, how you fix the registration. Like on the second panel of the page where it says the battle is over and the men sink quietly, numbly into the drug sleep. You on the original, you can see how the the magenta plate has just pushed off it a little bit and is yeah. bleeding into those words, and you've completely cleaned that up. This is something yeah. that the reader, you lucky readers who have this book, will never know that <laughs> this was a thing. But if, you, if, you, if you look at the page below that, the Joe Sinnott one, hmm. you can yeah. see how much misregistration is on there because the cyan plate is completely shot. Oh, pieces sweet on that Christmas. One. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, my word. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's have you ever have you ever crazy. had to fact check any colours? Because I imagine military is one of those ones where somebody will, if you get the wrong beret or something, or something on a flag, or you know, people are going to go a bit nuts for it. Did you have to fact check? Some I, of the I, stuff? I, I, I didn't. I didn't do any of that. No, I left that to the editor. Yeah. Uh, of course, yeah. yeah. Someone's, yeah. someone's going to take the flag for it. It can be the editor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You had two hundred sixty pages to now. go yeah. for. <laughs> I, I had too much work to do and fact check all that stuff. Yeah, um, so the proof is in the pudding, man. It just looks—it's a stunning. It's a lovely book, man, and thank you for sending it to me again. It's mm. just no gorgeous. Yeah, I had, I had a great Sunday afternoon reading that book. Yeah. yeah. And have like, you got any dream jobs left? Are there any artists mm. you haven't worked on yet? You just want to tick that box and say I worked on something. Uh, it'd be lovely to do a book about Williamson stuff. Yeah. I'm a yeah. huge Al Williamson fan. I'm a huge Barry Windsor Smith fan. I mean, if I, if I could do the restoration of the uh, the, ni- the 1984 Machine Man miniseries by Windsor oh, Smith. Oh, that's a good oh, shout. Man. Yeah, that was a bit muddy when it came out, wasn't it? Happy yeah. to, apparently, Windsor Smith isn't very happy with the, the tray paperback. So, I'd, so you know, if, if you want to hire me, Barry. To go and yeah, he's, a big list, he's a big listener. Yeah. He's if, a big if, listener. Yeah, if you're yeah. listening, Barry. <laughs> Some of the detail on that was absolutely brutal, wasn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. He's, he's such an amazing artist. I mean, Monsters is the. It's just incredible. Just yeah. incredible. Yeah, we may, we may be taking time in the future to. We've all three got it, so we're thinking about. We aren't yeah. we? We're thinking about it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I've started it, but it's a good. It's a beast. That's a lot. Don't rush it, man. That's the book. No. Not to. I think you said it out best. You said, "Don't rush it." It's a it's a book. You got to take your time. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you got to take your time over that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. I mean, it's it's a, it's a tough read. I mean, it really is. It's, yeah, it's, it's quite the, the sub the subject matter is brutal, but I yeah, mean, it's it's, it it's an amazing book. 
yeah that's the one people always say to me i haven't read it yet and everyone's talking about it so don't worry about it just take your time with it yeah Enjoy there's it. so much on each panel never mind each page you know yeah yeah um so what's in the what's in the future for you then? Uh, what i mean what can, can you give a hint to what you're working on at the moment well, I've, uh, I've, there's a Lonely War of Captain Willie Schultz is supposed to be coming at some point. I mean, there is a there is a page of that on my website, which I've got a few examples on that, which I finished a long time ago, but it hasn't yet to be published. Oh, okay. I'm working that's on a book called The Lonely Willie. Is that a, is that a, <laughs> that, that's a completely different book? That's okay, completely, fine, completely different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely and this different. one isn't a pop-up. <laughs> <laughs> this, this one's probably a bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good size. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, so this book is a reprint of um, it was a Sam Glansman again. It was a kind yeah. of very well-known war artist, oh. and it was a series that was done for Charlton back in the late sixties. And, and the interesting thing about that it was it, is that it was an anti-war story. Okay. At, the, at the time when obviously there was still a lot of gung ho war stuff being done, mm. by you know uh, Marvel and DC was still doing a lot of this, the, the regular stuff. Um, but America was actually at that point, of course, in the Vietnam War, and so there was a lot of anti-war feeling going on on the street. Oh, course, and yeah. Charlton did the Lonely War of Captain Willie Schultz, which is an anti-war story. Okay. Um, it ran for about sixteen chapters, uh, about one hundred and sixty pages or so. Um, wow. And it was eventually, apparently, it was pulled eventually because of complaints. Charlton pulled it eventually, without it being finished. And so. Um, uh, the chap that's doing this for uh, It's Alive hmm. um, has collected it and he's also got uh, I think the original idea was to get Sam to do a final chapter but he was he was too old and ailing at the time and since passed away unfortunately right. but um, they've got so you've got Wayne, Wayne Van Sant has done the final chapter and it's written by the original writer oh wow um, who's finishing off um you know, the story, so it should be a nice little collection. So you have the first, the first, 16, the first sixteen chapters will be my stuff that's kind of done the, the re- restoration on it, and then you get a final chapter which finishes off the story. Finally, oh, wow. for those that are reading it back in the late sixties, you can finally see how it was supposed <laughs> to end. And who's putting that out? Um, it's alive. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, so I, so yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't tell you as to when it's going to come out. You know, or, or you know, but yeah. I mean, that's 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 a book that's in the future or, or in my past because I've done it. But I mean, yeah, uh, that's something we didn't see uh, enough of was Charlton and Dell comics over here on Gold Key. I didn't see, I didn't see them as a kid. No, I saw, I, 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 saw I saw exactly one Gold Key comic when I was a kid. <laughs> right. That, okay. That was an issue of Star Trek. Ah, of course. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. mean, I, I've never seen any other gold keys over here at all. Yeah, it's all, I always buy those in Dale and Charlton. Yeah, I do. I do love gold key comics now. I've got, I've got a few, quite a few of them. Um, yeah. Charlton's, Charlton was the sort of thing that you buy if you couldn't find anything else on the shop. Yeah, it was a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah. But they, they, they had a couple of nice periods. I mean, it was a period around about 60, 67, 68 when Dick Giordano was doing the editing and Steve Ditko was yeah. there. And they did, they did a nice little series of superhero titles around that. Time. Yeah, those action heroes. You can get them. The, I mean, they're yeah. the ones that are now in DC. But and then Mike Zek did some stuff, early stuff for them as well, which I really liked. Yeah, there like was monster they, hunter character. There was another another little run in the mid seventies where George Wildman was in charge, and they did um, uh, the kung fu stuff and E Man. Oh, is it Yang? Is it Yang? Yeah, House, House of right? Yang. Yeah, it was That's House it. of Yang, and it was E Man. Yeah, yeah. And, um, oh, I love E Man. 
there were a couple of other little things around that time but i mean those, those two periods of Il charlton are kind of all you really need to know about charlton to be honest yeah the horror titles are fun. Just pick an odd one up. Yeah, there's there's there's, there's, a little there's, art surprise in it, isn't there? there you some, know? There's some interesting little bits and pieces. I mean, uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez did some did some romance work for them in the in the late okay. 60s. I think Joe Gill is a good writer man as well. I enjoy his stuff. It's yeah, he nice was he was he was checking stuff out, wasn't he? Joe yeah. Gill. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. So, Sorry about that, guys. Walk down memory lane. No, well, 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 no that that's yeah. part of the joy of this sort of work. Um, yeah. Is the fact that you know new audiences can we discover. Um, this work that he never even knew knew of before, and the people that had you know bought these issues originally can get can get well thought out and well restored versions of these books, which which is brilliant. Um, and you know, I mean, we're we're always fans of your stuff, Alan, especially now. Oh, you're thank you. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of Bath, uh, Back Issue magazine as well, and you've written for them a couple of times. I've written, I've, I've written quite a few articles for Back Issue. I'm writing another one at the minute for um, on Silver Star, Jack Kirby Silver Star. Oh, nice. Oh, good. So, so I've restored okay. a couple of pages of that for the article. Oh, wow. Oh, oh brilliant. <laughs> and then I'll, then I'll be writing another one on uh, DC's Tomahawk, or, the, oh, or the, nice. the, the last days of Tomahawk when it became son of Tomahawk. So they, they, yeah. moved, they moved they moved it on about forty years, and it was his son had taken over. Are they doing like a Western special? Are they? I'm guessing coming up then. Are they? Uh, I think it's sort of uh, kind of forgotten heroes or something. I think. Oh, okay, cool. They always have a nice theme to them. Nice theme. Really. Yeah. yeah, I like to name check them a couple of times a year because oh, that's a great magazine, you know. Yeah. Really yeah, good. The, oh yeah, you mentioned it several times. Really good. Several times a year. Uh, the, the current it's worth getting the current uh, comic book creator as well because that's got a big Barry Winter Smith interview in it. Of course it has. Yeah, the, yeah. T- t- that really ties timing in, as well. T- yeah, ties yeah. in with monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've got that one on my list. I got the Tim Truman brought the one they brought out a few you know, about six months ago. Now it's brilliant as well. Love that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah they do. They do some great books tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of their stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. As is Tony, yeah. and no doubt a lot of our listeners. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so you should go forth and f- follow Alan and check out the website and see what we're talking about because it's great stuff. Um, where can people find you know the website and you online, um, Alan? If they, if they um, want to discover more about this sort of work that you've been doing, they can go. They can find me on Alan Harvey Restoration anywhere. I'm go. on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on my website, um, Instagram, I think. Although I don't use Instagram very much, but I am on there as Alan Harvey Restoration. He's cool. branded nice himself. He, I've branded myself. Quite, quite I, I, nicely. I, 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 didn't work, I didn't work next door to the marketing for years for nothing, you know. I learned, <laughs> I, I learned, I learned a few tricks. Yeah, by osmosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you've ruined all that good work by being on the show. <laughs> no, um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, and we've been wanting to talk to you about about this. And we can... we've been bothering you for months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank well, you very I've, much. I've, for... I've really enjoyed it. So thanks for having me. Good. And no, we hope, hopefully, one day in the future, we'd like to see you actually in person at a show or or a convention or something. Well, you never know. Because we're, we're starting to unlock now, aren't we? So yeah. you never know. I yeah. might, I might, uh, I might uh, put my mask you, on or something. You're, uh, you're not far from me, aren't you? You're a uh... Are you a comic mark guy, Alan? I have I, I have done the mark. I used to do the mark a lot, but I mean I haven't yeah. done it recently for the last few years. I did I did one about three or four years ago. I was quite surprised to find out how many people were still going to them. But yeah, I mean yeah, it's I'm probably saying, dangerous for you because yeah. you'd be going through all those back issue bins, going, "Oh, I could I could do a good job on that. I could redo this." Yeah, <laughs> 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 I've got too many comics as it is. I don't really need any yeah. more. Don't Preach. say such yeah. things. Don't say such things. It's sacrilege. Uh, <laughs> 
But no, go forth and follow him up. And yes, thank you again, Alan, for joining us. You've been absolutely Thank added. you. Cheers, Thanks Alan. Very much. Thanks, Thanks man. a lot. See you soon. All the best. There you go. Another <laughs> fantastic look into a side of comics that I, I mean, it's fascinating, actually. Side of comics. I mean, I when <laughs> I was mentioning that interview, oh yeah, we check out Alan's work all the time. We genuinely do because we normally send it to each other. Go look at this. Um, <laughs> the restoration of comics is is fascinating. It's the sort of thing I do as well because you know I um I, I say I do. I don't do it like Alan does, but you know I, I said I was scanning the Storm Force. <laughs> Issues. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah you're I, making I'm, an illegal trade paperback, aren't you? Yeah, for myself, <laughs> for myself. Um, yes, so I, I kind of know what he's talking about and the difficulties of such a thing. You got a patience, man. Fucking hell. Yeah, you got patience, don't you? Yeah. What would worry me is the fact that you, you're trying to clean up every page, but there's also got to be uniformity of the cleaning up. Otherwise, yeah, you, you don't want them to look different. There, yeah. We have one to the other. Yeah. 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 Get that Atlas Award, dude. I'm so pleased he sent yeah, it to me. It's I, brilliant book. I, I want to get that now. I've, I've seen yeah. that, and I was like, that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. Yet another that thing. thing I get, yeah, I get a rollicking for when another comic comes through the post. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the lockdowns laid bare like parts of my life, which I wish it didn't, and it, the, <laughs> the the buying of comics to my wife has been absolutely naked now. Cause <laughs> so that was another one for you. So like, shit. Yeah. What have you been buying now? <laughs> No, it was sent to me, I swear. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but we, what a perfect time to do some shout-outs, because there's some stuff yeah. that you lovely people need to check out before we get into the recommendation section of the show. And these two lovely gentlemen have a few shout-outs for you this week, don't you? It's a big week of shout-outs this week for me. So um, a shout-out to our buddy Steve Tanner. You can see, you can always find yeah. Steve by his, his marvellous jackets at conventions. Oh, yes. Steve and his Technicolor yeah. dream coat. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So Time Bomb Comics have got a cur- currently got a Kickstarter running um, called Bomb Scares 3. It's anthology, black and white interior anthology title, horror anthology. The cover is the best cover you'll see, I'm going to say, on Small Press Comics this year. It's brilliant by Phil Winslade. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and there's some really there's some real cracking standout stories in it. So find Bomb Scares Three on Steve Kickstarter. Knows, Steve knows exactly what he's doing with Kickstarters as well. He's been doing he does, a lot, yeah. He's yeah, done a few in it, yeah. Lock and things like that. And he's always yeah. It's always about like I think I think very much a sort of a drinking like a pre-order medium, if you know what I mean. Getting getting the books done mm. and then using yeah. it to yeah. get it out. To yeah, he's, he knows what he's doing right now. Yeah. And um, he's he's also at TimeBombComics.com. Funny enough, I was reading an old issue of the Daredevils comic from the sort of early to mid 80s early 80s um over the weekend and um for a podcast i did with Eamon yesterday on friday and um there was a letter in there by steve so steve had written a letter in you know talking oh, wow. about you know recent captain britain stories and stuff like that so i screenshot it and sent it to him i said steve is this you and he went oh yeah that wasn't me i was really bored so i used to write into comics how good is that yeah that's great <laughs> Yeah. Um, Tribute Press have just launched, as we speak, about five minutes ago, a new line, Hoodies. Do you want a Tribute Press hoodie? Then you can pre-order. Um, so go to tributepress.bigcartel and you can find them there. Um, I think there's a picture. I, I don't think I'm riding the gorilla in it, but I, which was the original premise, but I'm standing over the top of a gorilla, which is uh, pretty cool. We're quite pleased. So tributepress.co.uk, uh, you can find the link to the store on that. Um, I met up with Mr. Falp, the aforementioned Mr. Falp. And Mr. Cumber at Gosh yesterday, 
um, and had an absolute fucking blast wandering through the West End, mucking about and going to pubs. And we went to the, a Chinese restaurant and stuff. And then we went to the place where the home of Kenneth Williams, which was uh, excellent, much hilarity ensued. So safe flight home, Mr. Cumber. Um, and uh, yeah, great. What what a, what a fucking laugh that was. Um, the evil deer from Emanuela Maleri. I had a hand uh, helped out a bit with with that. Is out from Marcosia. Um, you can you can order that now. Uh, I got an early draft of the sort of completed book, and it's lovely as always. Emanuela's great. Um, and thanks to Shah for having me on as a guest on the Wits End podcast this week. Um, it's really. I think you guys would like him. Um, he's he's real like minded to us. We had a real blast, and I think. He kind of sits in the states in a similar sort of position we sit in here. It gets you know gets sent a lot of kickstarters, you know, yeah. sees the scene and stuff like that. Um, and and it's really had a real laugh on that one. Uh, you listened to it, Dan, didn't you? Oh yeah, listen I listened it. to it uh, the day after it went out. I think or the day. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was yeah, really fun. It was yeah. It was weird actually. Just I didn't know Char, but we just started chatting and it was just like two mates having the, a chat. I could yeah tell you the first bit you were kind of like filling each other out and then a couple of minutes in it like you'd known each other for ages. Yeah, I think it it's was... when I said I fucking hate cosplayers and then we just took off. It was a bonus. Uh, we became best friends. Um, yeah. So um, also, Murder Two is out um, coming from John Tucker on Kickstarter. On oh Saturday, yes, Saturday the twenty first of August. Um, it's um, again the same format as the previous one. It's two stories within a, a single comic. It's the it's I don't want to call it the usual John Tucker because John always surprises you with his stories, mm. but um, mm. it's really good. So um, make sure you jump on that. It's only going to be live for a week. So get on it, and it it will be limited. So uh, you need to get on that. John's also. made like th- them an event. His time he does. That's his, yeah, and it works. I think it really yeah. works. Really works. And um, he's. I think he's seen the final version of Bald, the movie about his comic. Yeah, he's very excited about it. So that's good I completely forgot it. about that, and like he retweeted the poster to it, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's fucking like John Tucker. Well, John Tucker did, and I looked yeah. at the bottom and said, like, oh yes, yeah, always he's involved. Always be pleased for your friends who count, man. And they, they, John's yeah. great. We, we're big fans yeah. of John's work, yeah. and it's so nice to see. Yeah, they're my, that's my extensive shout-out section. Okay, Dan. Excellent. What have you got? I, I, Tony tags me in a step into the ring. Uh, <laughs> Camp VA07. Oh, yes, two. I'm back this. Yes. Yeah. In the future, mankind lives at the mercy of the Kungrek, being farmed for blood in return for food. But one family has had enough. Uh, by our, <laughs> our friend James McCulloch. That's on Kickstarter now. Uh, it's got 16 ga- days to go, 15 when you listen to this. That's yeah, I'll back that. That's really good. I like the first issue. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it got Killer Bad, issue one on Kickstarter now. Killer Bad is a superhero horror comic told with a 90s flair. Can the Sick Squad 6 survive a super slasher serial killer among them? Uh, well I done, Dad. Lo- loving the alliteration on that one. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. And finally, the big boy, you've got Killtopia, issue four. Cyberpunk Tokyo becomes a high-tech battleground as Japan's deadliest bounty hunters fight to claim the world's first sentient mecha. Uh, what's the cover? By uh, Clark Bint is cover for issue four. It's fucking lovely. It's really ticks the uh, the boxes and what I like to see oh, nice. on Comic Art. Uh, and we've got uh, Mike Barron. Uh, Yay! Guest in blue line. I read the blurb. Two-time Eisner winner award winner uh, writer Mike Brown, best really knows work on The Punisher, tells a story ripped from today's headlines that humanizes two unsung villainized police officers through stunning artwork by illustrator and fine artist uh, Jeff Slemons and active duty police officer Joe Arnold. 
So that's interesting. I'm going to get on this, man. I really like yeah. Mike. I signed up first Substack. I've signed up for. There you go, controversial. But I signed up for Substack, and I really, I'm really enjoying what I'm getting from it. It's free if you sign up to Mike Substack, and almost daily I seem to get an essay on the art of writing from him. Really oh, interesting brilliant. stuff. Really good. He's a dude. Do you remember when he came on the show and he talked about the art of writing, didn't he? About yeah. what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And uh, he knows his stuff, man. He knows his stuff. Yeah. Is it customer service and all that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, too soon. And, yeah. yeah. Bit of nepotism here. Uh, I'm running the uh, Nuts Assault Course Challenge to yes, raise money for, on it. for charity, uh, for Little Troopers Charity. Uh, if we can include that in the show notes, Vince, that'd be awesome. If you can drop a few quid in. That'd really, really help out. Do it. It's, uh, yeah, I've done it. Go and go and donate. Yeah. And if you char- donate above twenty pounds, Dan will show you his nuts. Well, every twenty pound donation, I remove more clothes as I go to do it, and then it's, <laughs> I'm down to like doing like in the Spartan now, like with this jock strap and a cape. Yeah, flying but, across the fields of Greece, yeah. eating only olives. Yeah, naked. That's how <laughs> oh, it works. Oh God. Uh, little troops. So it's it's a charity supporting kids who's uh, one of both of their parents serving the, the the British Armed Forces, and they face unique challenges, as you can imagine, yeah. going around the world and not having their parents around all the time. So, well, mate, is I'm I'm the kid of a you know forces family, mm. and yeah, I, I completely understand that. I know you've done a lot, you've done work for them for years, and we're well, well on you, mate. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's one, and that's me. God, there was a load of Kickstarters there. Yeah, and mm. that's a lot of links that they've got to send me in the Twitter DMs. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm lazy and it's easy for me to copy and paste that way. Uh, <laughs> if that's the preferred way, I'm happy to do it like that. I know that's... Uh... You're finding out live on this show, folks, that is the preferred way. <laughs> <laughs> there is no curtain. There is no great and powerful Oz. We just, you know, what you hear on this show is... I like curtains. You, is what you get. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but let's pull back the curtain of the recommendation yeah. section of the show. Um, and who would like to go first this week? Go on, you go uh, first, V. Go on, go on, V. Oh, all right, go all right, on. all right. It seems you, you've you've persuaded me. Oh. Um, <laughs> here's a book that I spotted a couple of um, months ago. I think it was one of um, when we did our sort of weekly cover picks, which I I didn't get round to doing this week. Um, and but I didn't get round to buying it straight away. But I picked up issues one and two. Now that we're a little bit, you know, the old image comics after a, like a month, it goes down a little bit <laughs> in price, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so I picked up issues uh, one and two of the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, uh, written by uh, show favourite Kyle Starks, art by Chris Schweizer. Um, uh, that is um, the artist in the cover. Now, colouring assistant is Liz Trice Schweizer. And John, John, this is going okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've actually got it right though. Uh, good, jo- good. And um, <laughs> there's lots of different credits for like different editors and stuff. But anyway, this is put out by a, a, the Skybound part of Image Books. Um, I think it's going to be five issues. Oh, is that all it is? I think it might be. It, it, it might no. be. Um, it could be more. Um, there's only five in there at the moment. It, but it doesn't say like one of five or one of it doesn't give you any sort of thing like that um basically the world's most unlikable action star has been found dead and his previous tv sidekicks are looking to solve the mystery but how can you catch a murderer when almost everyone hated the victim now these sidekicks are going to learn what it means to be the stars of the show that is if any of them survive the stuntman war um (laughs) 
that was quite dramatic how I put that. But this mm-hmm. book is fucking amazing. I mean, it's another example of how um, Kyle just knows how to write the 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 wonderful action, like the VHS TV action genre that we know with with books like was it Kill 'Em All? That was when that was when he was on the okay. show, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and of course, Sex Castle. That's that's a favourite with a lot of our listeners, um, and this is just another example of this. It's it's a murder mystery wrapped up in a wonderful uh, with a wonderful motley crew of different characters. Brings in like the the stunt world of movies and TV, um, and it's it's awesome. I actually love it. It's hilarious. It's dark, but the thing because this this character um, Trigger Keaton, who is the the title character who gets bumped off within the, the first issue within the first ten pages or so, isn't it? You know, um, yeah. You, you see, like him filming a scene of the TV show Martial Art, which made me laugh because he's he's, <laughs> he's an actual marshal, and he he he's definitely designed to be like Chuck Norris, but it's almost like Chuck Norris sprinkled with a little bit of Clint Eastwood, if that person was baked for 45 minutes and came out a complete, absolute bastard in every way, shape and form. Because this is, even though it's got that whole sort of like, that manly man of of like old action films, like Trigger Keaton is a horrible, horrible character. And it's something that, I know you've read the, the latest issue as well, haven't you, Tony? You've read yeah, three, 3 came out this week, didn't it? A few days ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what you find, um, I mean, you already get a, a sense of this, told with some flashbacks with each of the characters because there's there is six sidekicks um and you follow them little bit by little bit they seem to be adding they all turn up for the funeral i believe is it the funeral they turn up for something don't they yeah at the beginning um all the different people who've been in tvs various tvs that either worked or haven't worked yeah and when you see them like there's a focus of it's almost like that classic you know that thing that they do in movies now, where there's there's a focus on them. It says their name across the screen, and then like what they can do and stuff. But like, every time it, it highlights someone, it sort of says sidekick number four, and there's a small sort of inset panel of the TV show they were in with Trigger Keaton. There's one called Sidecar, where Trigger Keaton was <laughs> was um, the driver of a car that had artificial intelligence. And one of the sidekicks is the person who voiced the artificial That's intelligence it. car. Um, but then it says there's an inset panel on the right-hand side that describes that the show was cancelled because Trigger Keaton fell out with someone or something horrible happened or people he was just being difficult. It seems like every single one of his projects ends because he was horrible in some way. So all of, the, all of, <laughs> all of these sidekicks have a reason to hate him. Um, but, I, I mean... I, I can't tell. I mean, none of them that I gather have murdered him, um, but there, but there is a, there is a larger story going on in the background. Um, so it's got that great sort of murder mystery vibe. But there's tons of action scenes in it. Like there's there's fights in the first one. There's <laughs> there's a car chase in the second one, and they bump into these sidekicks bump into a bunch of um, actual stuntmen who are so pissed off that these guys actually sort of give a shit about any of this because Trigger Keaton was you know he gave the stunt stunt work uh, world a bad name so they've inadvertently kicked off the stuntman war so there's lots of stuntmen chasing after 
after the stuntmen and women chasing after the main characters as well. It's fat. There's there's lots of mysteries going on. It you know with the characters as well. I think there's there's lots of things to be told about these these characters which I I find fascinating. That's why I was surprised it was five issues because it doesn't. Yeah. I've just read issue three and I'm surprised it's sort of hasn't really scratched enough of the surface no, for me no, yet. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. this is really just going to get going. And yeah. 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 I mean, There's a I, lot of people in it. There's a lot of people to I, figure out who's who and including a five issue series. You I know? mean, because of the nature of this, it's a show. It's a show. It's a, it's a comic that feels like it has a, it has a shelf life in terms. It, it's finite. Do you know what I mean? There is going to be the end issue, but I hope that's issue 16, uh, you know, something like 16 issues, I think would be perfect for them to do. You yeah. Know, he could just, fill out all these characters because there's one of them i think psychic number one is paul hernandez who i think was the first one that caused a lot of problems when he split up from trigger key and then he actually publicly said that trigger was like an issue there, there seems to be lots of things going on and like you know uh one of them terry komodo yes they've all got names like this uh, <laughs> um doesn't like paul hernandez because he because he treated trigger badly and things like that and throughout all of it paul hernandez is like i don't want to fight I don't want to fight. And there's part of me that's thinking, is he really good at fighting, but he doesn't want to fight? Do you know what I mean? There's that sort of like, is that is there going to be that moment where he will fight? Kick off yeah, you and, find out yeah. in the third issue who's good at fighting. There's a... The, the, yeah, which I'll, I'm thinking, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, which I'm thinking is the character that already might be my favourite because of the way that she is built up. I don't know, but it does seem uh, yeah, like... yeah, you might have guessed it then. Because yeah. they say yeah, yeah. at the beginning, when this character turns up, oh, God, you do know who you're, you're talking... Because someone bad, like, bad mouths her, and they're like, you do know who you're talking to, don't you? It seems like there's only one legit badass in this, in this group. It's great, though. I, I, You know, I was really... It was another one of those... I can't believe I sat on it for so long. But, but So I'll probably... Um, I'm going to get the third issue. Which seems to continue the sort of momentum and rhythm of the first two, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great. I mean, I I will say, I mean, I've I've sold it like there's, it's lots of fun, and uh, you know, the, the artwork by uh, Chris is brilliant for this series. There's so many... it's very like Carl's work, actually. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, fits perfectly. There's a similarity. With, yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a real sort of natural energy as well to like the like the action and everything, um, and very importantly, you can tell who everyone is. Do you know what I mean? They've all got their own yeah. sort of characters and or distinct personalities. Distinct person, and for a, for a series that seems to be all about distinct personalities, you better fucking give those characters distinct personalities when you're drawing them. Yeah, um, like like Tad Haycroft, who was a kid at the beginning, the voice of the the sidecar, his face is covered in freckles, and you see that as a kid, and then I noticed it. He's in the, he's an older gent now, and he's got a beard. But his face is still covered in freckles. That's something you don't. Mm. Really, that's something you don't no. see in comics. It's not like a there's nothing wrong with it. It's just his complexion. I was like, oh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, he's got his own problems. <laughs> he's got other problems. Um, I would uh, never have a character freckles because they have to draw the freckles yeah. every time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit of an aside, but there was there's a the manga creator Akira Toriyama who did uh, that does that Dragon Ball Z Z yeah. thing, and there's a character in that called Cell, and he's got all these kind of like little ovals over him where his skin what his skin colour is and he used to reference all the time that they were all exactly the same and then he, he when the character died he never brought it back because he was like I ain't fucking drawing those circles again yeah. <laughs> well Stan Sakai regrets having those dots on the blue bit of um, the the clothes he's put um, uh, Usagi in doesn't he he yeah. says that's the longest bit of the drawing now yeah, yeah. he's putting all those dots in yeah. yeah oh god yeah 
Um, <laughs> but but this is a great book. I'm already gonna. I already know I'm gonna double dip because it's gonna be a great book to have in trade. But I'm gonna get the issues as well. Well worth checking out. I'm in for the long haul. It's a great. Yeah, I think I get the trade yeah, on this one. Yeah. It sounds great. But but like I say, it's. I've given it across like it's lots of fun, and lots of action. There is a real darkness underlying to it. Like this Trigger Keaton character, his I I, I cannot understand how horrible he is, isn't he, Tony? The more you find yeah. out, the more you. This is a. And also a, slightly cool. <laughs> yeah, he's like the Marlboro Man, um, uh, but in the worst possible way. <laughs> yeah, there's a line in there's a line in issue three. I don't think I'll repeat on here, but it just made me laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are lots of he he says things that are abhorrent. <laughs> I won't say the whole line, but it's um, the only thing you should open your mouth for is when I unzip. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep, yep. He's just Carl Starks put so so many great lines like that in. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys read uh, Karate Prom? No, I didn't no. read that one. No. Uh, I think he was giving that away for free. It was digital only, but uh, that's a good one. That should read that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. That's about a prom with people like think Karate Kid with more fighting, with yeah. proper fighting. Yeah, yeah. And okay. Carl Carl Stark sort of zingers in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. So six sidekicks of Trigger Key and definitely check it out. It's brilliant. Uh, good stuff. Who would like to go next? Shall I go next? Go for it. Sure. So yeah. Can I? Can I just inter- interject with the fact that this land from Mark Abnett, one of our buddies from the Slack, has just launched. I've just backed it while we've been talking. So this land issue one, two, and three has just come out. Go back that one. That's another good one. Another Kickstarter. Right. I'll put that. I'll, I'll message that to you in a minute. In a minute, V. Um, my recommend this week is a book called The Derelict by Robert Delaney. Um, this is a repackaging of. Um, I'm guessing there were sort of mini comics or something of issues one and two, and they've been put out again. Um, six dollars. Um, it's sort of like an oversized comic, I suppose, with a nice. It's, it's on nice paper and everything. Um, I showed you guys some of the pictures from it, didn't I, before we started? So you you, you know the the strength of the material that I'm about to describe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but interestingly, and I don't. I'm not saying this, but there's no copyright. Um, you know that paragraph, anything you know. You, yeah. Is owned by. Like... It's not, okay, not yeah. one of them in it. I suppose oh. maybe that's just rock and roll for you. I don't know. Um, so remember in the Chronicles, where the, the main thing I try to do with that is represent what it means to be a working girl. You know, the, we see the glamorization. You're, you, know, you know, you're either like a really glamorous prostitute in movies, comics and TV, or you're yeah. like a real down your ass. You know, there's not there's a, you know, and what I think he does here, especially in the first issue, is he tries to represent what it means to be proper on your ass junkie you know there's a certain glamorization of even heroin these days you know you know there's talk about oh this movie star was on heroin look at him he's brilliant you know you know but it's not it's this horrible horrific dirty thing you know it really is so this book is about a dude and he is this the aforementioned derelict and it starts off with a lovely page of him falling so he's falling through blackness um and it's you you realize it's it's part of this nightmare you know hallucination passed out hallucination where he's taken heroin and did that thing where he's just passed out wherever he is you know and he's woken up by the clanging of um somebody throwing rubbish into a dumpster and he's just this horrific dirty skinny man who smokes a a cigarette butt he finds on the floor and then throws up and sits there and all he can think about as you get with heroin addicts all he all he can think about is the next fix you know it's all it's all it's Mm. in his mind and an old lady comes up to him and uh, she asks him directions and he says, oh, I think it's over there. And then he, he just glances and sees that she's got a purse, which he then grabs 
tries to run off, punches her and runs off and, and, and uses the money to buy booze and to buy heroin. And there's this awful moment where he's in this sort of like this backyard that's full of rubbish. And um, there's a woman saying, can I have some of your booze? You know, and the bloke says, if and you want to suck, if you want to sip, you got to suck. Them's the rules. You know, it's just like horrific. You're like, oh, God, it's oh, like really God, yeah. dirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so he um, he wanders off. He, he does. He uses the money to buy to buy his heroin, and he wakes up uh, with two cops standing over him. Um, and the the cops give him a hard time and then point out that next to him is the body of the old woman who he has punched, but she's been raped and murdered. And he didn't do it, but he's arrested anyway for it and taken it into prison, into the sort of holding cells. This is set in America, you know, into the holding cells in the back of this car. And these two policemen are, you know, you know they, they're just ignoring him and being horrific and, you know, um, just, you know, not very nice people. And he gets put in a cell and he's he's going through the withdrawal and he's throwing up and he's, you know, he's got what genuinely what heroin addicts have. You know, they have these terrible cramps where they just want to die, you know. And um, there's, uh, there's, there's this vice cop who's this big, he's like a fucking unit, this dude. You know, he's like a, he's like straight out of a, you know, a 90s movie and he's he wants to practice punching so he goes in the cell to to beat this dude up and then something happens and i won't ruin it because that's kind of the twist of the story that happens midway through this comic so what would have been the end of issue one that leads into issue two and something's happened happens there and then and it becomes a mystery um from there on and it's quite it's quite well handled i have to say i did i did like that and i do i did find it quite a fascinating story to read because of this sort of gritty realness to it, it, it all in black and white um maybe the nearest person i can think of is maybe if you're aware of tim vigil something like that um it's got that underground roughness to it you know real yeah i, I showed you a couple of panels i know okay. exactly what you mean when you explain it like that yeah, yeah. the tim vigil like yeah yeah okay good yeah um and it goes off on that it's it's part of a series and i got it through the strangers drop a couple of weeks ago it arrived in my, in my through my door you know about a week ago and it's it's just an interesting thing and it's just the comics that mainstream can't do. This is the, the comics that we're seeing out of Strangers, and this is certainly one of them. Um, yeah, get it. It's um, if you look him up online, you can find him on Instagram, Alex Delaney, D E L A N E Y, Alex Delaney Art, and on Twitter, he's Alex Delaney Art. On Etsy, you can buy stuff, Alex Delaney Art, but the A, the D, and the A are all capitals. If you look for him on Etsy, really interesting. I, I like finding stuff like the small press stuff like this. You know, it's. Uh, you're not going to see it on the shelves in a shop. You won't see it in Gosh. You won't see it in the small any shop really that's got a sort of small press section in the UK. But uh, this is the only way I managed to get my hands on it, and it's, it's uh, I'll be following his stuff from now on. I also got another comic by him um, that is called The Other Side of Town, which looks very similar, um, which I haven't read yet, but fucking dark. Yeah, yeah. So uh, have a look for him. Um, have a look for Mister Alex Delaney. There you go. That's my one. There you go, Dan. What have you got? Mine's going to be relatively quick because I really fucking recommended this, but there's a new version of uh, Fist and the North Star. Hotel it's like the fifth in. version you've got or something. Yeah, I, it's a, yeah. I think it's the third or fourth version I've got because I've got like a single comic and I've got two trades and now this. Yeah, nice. I think they're trying... I haven't got the initial all the run because a lot of companies pick it up, start printing it, and then just stop. Yeah. So I've not got the whole thing in the whole run. We haven't got so the hopefully... staying power of um, media from elsewhere sometimes, have we, in the UK and America? No. Yeah. yeah. They sort of, a lot of companies start and then just stop when there's so much of it but viz media will pick it up and they've got usually got a good track record of yeah of putting it through and they've redone it all in a 
in a hardback version, which is sort of like A5 size. Are they the latest um, ones to do it, Biz? They are, yeah, the latest ones. Mm. And it does the same thing. You remember a couple of weeks ago, I, I uh, reviewed that I Am A Hero. They yeah. do the same thing with this. It's kind of like got the coloured first half a dozen pages, and then it goes into black and white. I'm not quite sure why they've done that, but fair play, fair enough. And uh, basically, it's like a story, a fist and also like a superpowered Jesus who goes around Mad Max style wastelands fighting other superpowered martial artists. Kind of writes itself. Yeah, it's it's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a I mean really for me, good it, it came onto my radar in the classic sort of manga um, video boom. That was one of Same. the one of the yeah. series um, with the classic. You know, you'd have like because. He would ha- he would almost do like sort of finger guns, wouldn't it? Two fingers, and he's like, wouldn't he like? No, no, it wouldn't be two fingers. He'd just do like a million punches or something like that, and people yeah. would, people would then go, ha, that didn't hurt, <laughs> and then their then, then their head would explode. inflate and blow up. The yeah. old classic manga shot, wasn't it? They always cutting people in half, and they don't realise until yeah, yeah, two panels later. Second there's a yeah, yeah. I've it's... got to say, I think I saw the movie first before I read the comic. Was there a live action movie? Yes, or yeah, the one with Gary Daniels. That's right. Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to get tickets to go to the initial screening with Gary Daniels there and I couldn't do it. And then when right. the reviews came out and it was a bit of a duffer, I was like, oh, dodge the bullet there. I think I watched it on like the Bravo channel. Do you remember that channel? Yeah. It was just yeah. trash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was always like the making of like how they made porn films and behind the scenes in Amsterdam and then really shitty action films on late night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That those kind of I wish they came back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and because of them, we so, got uh, Dan Butcher. There you go. Mm, Thank yeah. you, Bravo. Um, <laughs> I wasn't molded by Bravo, but I was there to win. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> it's a weird thing when we got that VHS, the first one that came out in the UK. Yeah, I watched that in the afternoon, and then my parents had got tickets for Starlight Express in the evening. That was a cultural <laughs> smash in the that face. Was a, that... <laughs> Which, as we know, Starlight Express is one of the first adaptions of Transformers to the stage. Anyway, um... <laughs> so I went from the the Eastern people being blown up by being punched in the face to people bombing around on roller roller skates, skates pretending to be trains <laughs> or something. I don't know. Whatever it was. Oh, I saw that. I went there with the school. It was fucking terrible. We went there with the school, and obviously I was at a boys' school, so we all sat down. It began. And it was like a Saturday matinee or something, and then literally everyone in our line just stood up, walked out, and went to Soho. Yeah. First class, nice. Yeah. I should that, have done that myself. Because of that, we got Tony <laughs> Asmund. So there you go. Yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there you go. Yes, Fist of the North Star, definitely one to add to your wish lists. I've just bought it on DVD, actually, the Gary Daniels version. You can only get it in oh, Spanish, a... but it's got an English track ah, on it, so that's oh pretty God. good. Chris, you Penn, can... Chris Penn's in it. You know Sean Penn's brother. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell's yeah. in it. They well, can't I mean, I mean he's in a lot of stuff. stuff. Love Malcolm <laughs> McDowell. There's there's loads of stuff like with the actual effects of people's heads being blown off and stuff they cut out because it was a bit too much. Oh uh, right, but, but that's why you can't see it. Watch YouTube. something like that. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. That's the reason why you're watching it. Yeah. Anyway, you can um, watch the the animated film. That there's like loads of versions of it on YouTube if you're yeah. so inclined. Yeah. Oh okay. Oh good. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's my lunch tomorrow sorted. There you go. And and the reason for listening to this show was um, some comic talk and we hope you got a good like hour and a half worth when we're not just picking on each other or just joking about something or trying they're trying to put me off with whatever's in the whatsapp uh, <laughs> you'll like that when you get to it yeah i've seen it 
saw it before we did this bit. Very disappointed. Tony, very disappointed. No, you're not. Because you spelt it wrong the first time. I know, I spelled it wrong the first time. I corrected it by writing it three times after that. There's nothing worse than when you, when you, like, you think of something hilarious and you type it out, whether it be, like, a message to your friend or a, a, a Twitter post, and you post it and you think, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a comedy genius. Oh, no, I've spelt that wrong. I look like a I was trying. To, I was trying to type it while I was, read, I was revising what I was about to say for the recommend at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would laugh if you just said that out loud instead of the actual recommend. <laughs> it is highly recommended <laughs> as a thing. Yes, <laughs> you'll never know what we're talking about. But no. <laughs> however, if you want us to talk about lots of other things, um, or great comics events, or if there's anything else you want us to talk about in upcoming shows, you can email us awesomecomicpod at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter at the Awesome Pod, where we'll be posting up. Um, probably retweeting the comic covers that we like and just genuinely sharing the love about comics. All about positivity on this show. But we want more people checking out books that they need to discover and more. And just having fun with comics because comics need to be fun. Um, if you do the Book of Faces, go to facebook.com slash awesomecomicspodcast. Join the um, community Facebook page, Awesome Comics Talk. There's a group of fantastic people who are there just to talk about comics. There's also a Slack channel. If um, to talk about, um, there's lots of stuff going on there. If you want to know how yeah, to get involved on that one, get in touch with us. Oh, it's the pinned post on the Facebook at the moment. There you go. So, on what on Awesome Comics Talk? Yeah. There you go. So, for, go there and find out more. Thank you for listening to us, whether it was on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out about the show and all the different facets of comics that we talk about every week and we're looking we're looking to sort of talk about like process and different sort of elements of comics just a real sort of like like this week was a perfect example of here's something that not not many people may be talking about and it's a very important part of comics mm. that we need to you know we like yeah. getting into the weeds of like comics production or, or comics marketing and all co- different kinds of things so we're actually going to be uh discussing that those topics soon well, between us and then yeah, yeah. between yeah, us, and we, won't, we won't record it, so you're going to miss out on it. But um, <laughs> but, it's, but you know, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate. it. We're also on uh, other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. What other networks are we on, Tony? We're on Pod Dan. Why would you take the balls home? <laughs> <laughs> Some sometimes the story writes you itself, doesn't it? You made a cake. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just mention as well? I don't. Think we touched it. We didn't come back to it. Is the uh, ACP drinking draw this Friday? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the, this chucklehead on Twitter, uh, Tom Curry, he'll have all the details. We'll put it up in the Slack group on on the ACP group and the Twitter as well. Uh, come along, do some drinking and drawing, or both, or neither, and just it's, hang out with the ACP yeah. crew. Yeah. It's, it's a good. good it's a good time just to chill out and. You know, a lot of people end up um, eventually posting their comics or sketchbooks, or anything. So, mm. so be there while that's happening because it's a great. And if you're um, if you're at the the comic mart, come and say hi. Um, I'm going to be there, so let me know if you're going to be there. I'm there with Falpy, so we're going to get a bit of breakfast beforehand, and then go in at the eleven o'clock one, which costs you a whole fiver to get in early. Um, but if you're if you're going to head down, then give us a shout, and we'll have a meet up. Yeah. There you go. Um, if they want to catch us anywhere else, where can they find us, Tony? Uh, TributePress.com. Dan. Boom. You can find me, uh, or you can read Vanguard at vanguardcomic.com. You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can check out the work I'm doing on uh, Viper, this the sequel to Viper 1, uh, on Patreon. 
just stuff. That's a bit. I'm on that's a bit convoluted. Oh, thank you. I know, but like you should, you should genuinely check out both uh, Vanguard's Patreon and Tribute Press's Patreon because these guys are updating and and sharing lots of great stuff. Uh, yeah. Never mind every week, every other day, sometimes every There's day. There's going to be a post this week that relates to quite an interesting um, promotions offer I got given. Mm. Oh my word! Oh uh, yes, I was uh, privy to that. We were privy to that one events. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to find out by joining the patron. There you go. <laughs> uh, and you can find out more about my stuff on social media at jesterdiablo.com. Thank you very much to Alan Harvey for joining us again this week. It was wonderful. Um, go go and follow him and his, his great work because once you, it's, you, you'll waste an afternoon looking at all the different sort of like versions of old comics versus the restoration comics. I know I did. So, you know, and we're nerds for stuff like that. So, but yeah. and we know you're nerds for comics as well. Admit it, admit it, you are. We know you are because you're just as bad. It's cool as to us. be a nerd now. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. They rule the world, don't they? Yeah. We don't rule the world, but we will one day. Um, but but until that day comes, thank you very much for listening to us every week. We really appreciate. It. We love you, don't we, Dan? Hell yeah! Don't we, Tony? <sighs> yes. You know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> means uh, I've just unzipped. Oh God, God! I'm not gonna. Let's not get into. What's that, that line again? Only zip. Yeah, only open your mouth, sweetheart. When I, um, I unzip. And on that delicious note, <laughs> it's not me who said it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bad guy in a comic that said it. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah we just have to it. state that for the for the record. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, this week's show is wrapping up. So wherever you are in the world, we hope you're happy, healthy, enjoying um, your comics, reading your comics, making your comics, and wherever you are, stay safe, stay healthy. We do love you, no matter what Tony says. <laughs> Dan, Tony, and myself have a brilliant week. And what else should they do, guys? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Oh, lovely. I love the lead-in you do, Dan. Well yeah, said, I, I kind of say that, and so it's ready for when Tony comes in, and boom, yeah. nice, right. like that's a barbershop, barbershop quartet. That's what we are, but there's only two of us. Yeah, well, maths isn't your strong point. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>